Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Welcome to the Speakeasy, everybody, man. It's going to be a real cool night of poetry and jams. See, before the show, I lit an incense. And now I'm feeling all snappy-fingered and poetry-like and incense. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) Welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe, everybody. You are listening to the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Show. Very excited for you to all be here. You know, it's really funny. There's something that some of you may not know about me. Some of you who have been around for a while, I'm sure you do, but a lot of you may not know, that I have this horrific fear of speaking in public or talking in front of people. Now, I've worked in radio since I was 18 years old. You know, so I've always been, you know, you would think that somebody who is kind of, you know, out in the public like that, very, very um, visible to the public like that, would be a very extroverted personality, but I'm not. And it was just a really weird way that I ended up falling into that as a career in my life. And starting from the very first time all the way to today, right before the show starts, even though I'm not in front of people talking, I'm still, I know you guys are there. <laughs> and I just, I get, I get really, really scared, right? I have just this horrible fear. And it's just, it's really hard. And so I have a format on opening the show. And the, the, every single show in the last 12 years has followed this format because I read it down. Right, I know what I have to say next. I follow my outline for the opening of the show. Um, and that way I know that if I get through that, by the time I get to the end, I will have been able to exhale. And then I'll be fine. You know, once I get over those first five minutes, then, then I'm okay. You know, I just I kind of relax and everything's good and starts to go. <laughs> it's still messy, but it's, it's, it's easier. Um, so at the top of the paper, it says, Welcome to the Speakeasy. And I do my whole Welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe, blah, blah, blah. And then two, er, next it says, Talk, which means that I think about, you know, something that's happened during the week and I share it with you because it's personal, you know, and, and it's kind of helpful. You know, it's a bonding thing and, you know, keeps us like, you know, we get to know each other and hang out and, hey, this happened, this, you know, it just makes it much more family like, I think. You know, to, to just talk a little bit at the beginning of the show. And so I have to think about something to talk about. So I was out there this week, right, and I think of something, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, that's going to be an amazing thing to start. What an incredible lesson this is. Look at this moment. And angels are going, ah, and demons are going, ha, ha, ha. And the whole black and white of the universe was balanced, and everything was great. And I was like, there's no way. I, I even had paper and pencil with me. But there's like, there's no way I'm going to forget this. This is incredible. And I sat there, and I must have thought about it for an hour, different ways I could think it. And it's like, you know, it was the most profound thing I ever thought about in my entire life. And it was going to change you all as writers. It was going to change poetry as we know it. It was going to be a defining moment in history in the voices of us, and we were going to do it. And there was no way I was going to forget, and I didn't write it down. And guess what? 
instead of telling you what that thing is that was going to change all of all of existence and make us like forever stoned into the that carved into the stone of history now i'm talking about how i forgot because i didn't write it down so when i tell you guys always carry a journal or your pen with you your journal and your pen with you uh, if you when you think of something write it down because <laughs> if you think you're going to remember it you won't and i'm really really sorry that now you know instead of being this collective hand that changed the course of humankind we're just going to have to be you know the finger that changed the course of humankind something like that anyway so always write things down when you think about it all right if you guys want to call in and read tonight the number is 646-595-3965 that's 646-595-3965 all righty have a couple announcements before we start the show if you're interested in doing a workshop with us you can uh probably the easiest way to get a message to me is to shoot me a a message over on Facebook. If you're not on my contacts list, my name is Nyla, N-Y-L-A, like New York, Los Angeles, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A, all right? And let me know what you have in mind, what you'd like to put together. The workshops can be anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours long, depending on what you need. We can do these live or pre-recorded, which means if you want to pre-record it and edit it and get it all ready to go on your computer and then shoot me over the MP3 file, then we can upload it and play it as a pre-recorded show. That would be awesome. Or you can, you, we can schedule a private show and we can call in and do it together if you want um, and pre-record it that way and be able to use that um, from the archive files. Anyway, yeah, that's, you don't need to know all that. Anyway, yeah, let me know what you want to do. You do not have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do one of these. It's just a way for us to get to spend a little bit more intimate time together. And, and uh, you know, I always believe that no matter, you know, how much we know, we we all have something to learn and we all have something to teach, you know, no matter where we are in our writing career. So uh, just pick something you want to talk about, have some fun, and we can go from there. Next. I want to thank Star Severon, James Wensapian, and Roy Murdoch, Roy here for the beer, for helping sponsor the show and helping us keep our three-hour license. It means so much to us that you guys stepped up to the plate and did that for us this year. We appreciate you so much, and, uh, you know, it's, it's an amazing year, and thank you. All right, next. Homework and exercise. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So every beginning of every show, I always give out some homework and an exercise, and there are two different things, uh, or a title, a prompt and an exercise, as I better said. Um, so if you ever get stuck and don't know what to write about sometime, go to any of our pre-recorded shows in our podcast, and somewhere in the first 15 minutes of the show, you will have yourself a writing prompt and a writing exercise, and you can just use that. It's kind of like a, this whole prompt library. It's pretty cool. So the prompt for this week, now the prompt is designed to, it's a seed to plant. A prompt is intended to be turned into a poem in some form. It can be the, the, the title can be the, or the prompt can be the inspiration for the piece. It can be the title of the piece. It can be a line in the piece. It can be the seed that led you to the thought that grew the thing in the house that Jack built type thing. 
okay? So it has to, in some way, the, the prompt has to create a finished poem. All right, so the prompt this week, um, I actually got it off one of the video games I was watching, and there's a Halloween event going on right now. And one of the things that you, one of the items you pick up from killing monsters is called a liar's charm. And it's like this little necklace with a charm on it. It's called a liar's charm. And I thought, oh, that's brilliant. So that is our prompt for this week, is liar's charm. Any interpretation, I mean, it can actually be, you know, someone's charm, and it's a liar's charm, or it can be a, a thing like the necklace with a little charm on it that grants, you know, they must have a liar's charm because type of thing. So however you want to take that, that is the prompt for this week, liar's charm. All right? Now, for your writing exercise. Writing exercises are not meant to necessarily create poems. They are something just to get your pen moving, to get your brain moving, to get you thinking in a direction you normally wouldn't think, see things in a way you normally wouldn't see them, get a little dirty, sweat a little, push yourself outside your comfort zone, all that good stuff, okay? So they're just meant to get your pen to move. And I'm a real big fan on free writing because when we sit down to write a poem, we kind of have a general idea of what we want. But if we sit down to free write, we don't know what we're going to write. We just take something and start writing and until we're done. It's pretty amazing to see where your, your, when you stop pushing your muse, where your muse will take you. Okay. So the writing exercise for this week is I want you to think about, say that you, you're looking on Craigslist and you're looking at real estate and you realize that your childhood home is for sale. Your childhood home's for sale, and you want to go see it. So you're, you go and you see the house, and it's completely empty, and, and you know, you're walking through it and all this. You're in your childhood home, and somewhere, like in the rafters of the basement or under the floorboards in the attic or in the knot hole above the, the treehouse, uh, you find your old cigar box or your old lunch box, your old treasure box. You know, it's where you kept all of your most valuable childhood possessions. And if you didn't do this, just pretend like you did, okay? But you go and you look and it's still there. And it's covered in dust and you pull it out and it's, you know, the old lunch box and has every, all of your worldly goods, of you know, most valuable things you ever had were in there. I want you to open it. Okay, you know, think about where it is, how it's hidden, what it's looked like, what it looks like when you found it, what it was like to still see it there. You know, where did it take you when it, you, it, you know, you, you realize that that piece laid there untouched? Um, you know, what was it like? What does it feel like in your hands? What does it look like um, when, when you open it? Okay, what is inside? What things do you remember putting inside? What things do you for, did you forget that you put inside? But when you see them, it's like, oh, my God, I cannot believe I forgot that most momentous moment of my life. You know, uh, what, are the, what are they? Why are they in there? What do they remind you of? What do they signify? What's the memento stand for? Um, and what do they say to you now? You know, what do those things out of your past say to you now? What do they mean to you now? How are they relevant to your life now, or 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 either in a good way or a sad way, irrelevant to your life. You know, so describe that secret treasure box, and it's a free write. Just 
sit down and your child at home, you find your treasure box, you open it up, and boom, start writing. Okay? And then later on, if that turns into a poem, that's awesome. But it's, like I said, it's just to get you to start thinking about the details. So that is your exercise for the week. Now, before we start and end every show, we always play an audio track. Okay? And if you are a recording artist, I say okay a lot. If, the re- if you're a recording artist and you'd like to have your piece played on the air, you can email those to me. To the word "thus" in the email, thus email them to thusbeakeasycafe at gmail dot com. That's thusbeakeasycafe at gmail dot com. All right, and put in the subject line MP3 file, audio file, something like that, so that I know and we can get that uploaded to the show's library and played for everybody on the air in the world. So I am going to play a piece. Um, this is actually. That's right. Uh, so I'm going to play one of my pieces to start the show off because it is the first show of the month, and every that was our agreement for about eight months ago when I really got in trouble by y'all. So every, first of every month I'll play one of my tracks, and then that's that's what was our negotiated agreement because I never would play any. I never did play any of mine. So anyway, I think that I am going to, because we were talking last week kind of about Shakespeare and that that type of writing, and I have a piece that I wrote, and some of you have probably heard it before, but when I wrote it, it was it really was kind of in that mythological frame of mind when I sat down and wrote it, because it was just such an unbelievable concept, the, the, you know, the greatest of tragedies, the the whole you know, just the clarity of the tragedy of the beauty in tragedy moment when I sat down and wrote this piece. And it really comes through when I went to do the spoken word part recording. It was really funny because I ended up doing it in in very much that, that old Shakespearean type of rhythm and and voice when I, and, and that, that whole, feel when I recorded this piece. And I really like this one. You know, people always say, you know, I guess this is... No, if you like something you've done, be proud of it. You know, and this is one that I I listened to and I've had so much fun writing and I wrote it so quickly and hardly did any editing, which I normally really edit a lot. Um, But it's just one of my favorite pieces I wrote just because of the fun I had and then the fun I had recording it. You'll understand when you hear it's kind of strange. Um, But it's called Lake at the River's End. And this is my track for the first show of the month, Contract Fulfilled. Here we go. The Lake at the River's End, a fable of sorts. He sees her there, kneeling beside the lake at the river's end. Tears of sadness do ripples send. She is just a dream he is haunted by, bound to the sound she cries. Her tears pound out his heartbeat. When they stop, tis when they meet. A moment or a lifetime too late, fear made him hesitate deeply now to feel the grief 
beyond measure, no relief for the empty arms of his cell. Only he hears the twin harps echo, transcending him to stand beside her, to look but never touch her, because he loved her too much or not enough. Could this be the truth told as such? Her tears slow in motion fall, still two souls heed their call. In the ripples they stand face to face, what is lost love is still to embrace. The image she sees beside her, that dreams deliver from her, his love is all she could have ever dared. Now it will not free her from his presence there. Her sorrow never to release him, existing together only in the reflection of a moment she saw so clearly. Our hearts do pay so dearly, when one never sees what the other sees so clear, so well. A lover's hell, to be so close that closer no longer exists and still not know the taste of the other's lips. To hunger the flesh, to plead, the soul to weep in the need. Seeing everything on the surface of the lake, make no mistake, because there's been one too many here. Skipping stones, distorting what should be seen so clear, that while two fools stand a world apart, two souls have joined, and the world forgot, forever locked inside each other, and what existed before is limited to the limitless of the other, barring nothing that their dreams did lack. The pen's been tapped, the ink is dry, and two lovers trapped in the sky come back to the lake at the river's end, one reflection, one perfection, one revelation. It is without end. Love, sorrow, a duplicate tomorrow, cursed to love itself again and again, a beginning, a middle, and a music box end. A thousand times once more, the music only to restart time and space apart. From where she kneels, still and yet again, beside the lake, at the river's end. All right, there you go. That was mine uh, at Lake at the River's End. And, uh, yeah. Now, guess what time it is, poets? It is time to get to our callers. So what comes next? First of all, if you would like to call in, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All righty? Now, I do want to let area code 757 and 989 know that neither of you are in the lineup. If either of you would like to come onto the show, press 1 now. That will put you into the lineup and into the queue so I can bring you on. If you're here just listening, really glad you're here. And I hope you enjoy the show. If you change your mind at any time, press 1, and it will put you in the lineup. Once again, that is area code 757 
and area code 989. If either of you want to come on the air, press 1. All righty. Our first caller, you listen for your area code. First of all, listen for your telephone area code, and you'll know that uh, it's your turn to come on the air, such as our first caller tonight will be from area code 734. All right, listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please do me a favor and make sure that you introduce yourself. It is really important that people know who's reading and that you have your name attached to your work. All right, so make sure that you introduce yourself to everybody. Next, I want to make sure, well, the lines are the lines aren't too horribly full, so you can read two poems, but don't make them real long ones. So read one normal poem and then or two shorter poems, okay? And if the lines end up getting too full, then we're going to have to cut that back to reading just one poem. But right now we can do two if they're shorter poems and one if they're regular. The only exception to this rule is if you happen to bring homework, writing assignments, and or prompt uh, writes that you did. Those get you a free pass to read that second poem, even if we are on a one-poem limit. So that's kind of some incentive and and airtime rewards for doing your homework. <laughs> All right. So next, when you are done reading, make sure that you give out your URL. It's real important that people know how to come find you and get to know you and your work and be able to follow a network with you, sharing and inspire and get inspired from. And uh, so, yeah, make sure you put out your URL. Next, please remember that we do have a mature rating on this show. So that means you really are bound to hear just about anything, and you really are bound to hear just about anything, with the exception of hardcore erotica, no adult porn writing, no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B, you know, leave a little bit to the imagination. Other than that, you're good to go. So before, actually, before I take the first caller, 734, I'm going to give the lineup of the first three callers so you know uh, if you're coming up real soon. We have 734, then we're going to be going to 419, and from 419 we will go to 910. All right, let's go ahead and grab area code 734. 734, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is Dennis White from Michigan. <laughs> hey, Dennis. How are you, love? I'm doing real well. I see you've been doing some cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Isn't that horrible? For, for those no, of you that don't know, I'm a, I'm a terrible cook. I burn everything. I make pizza, and, and they, everybody calls it affectionately lava pie. All right? So I decided to make for Thanksgiving, I got these orange bell pepper looking things and I cut the tops off and I stuffed them with meatloaf and I made them look like little pumpkins and I and I aced it I'm telling you these could be in the in, you know in for me cooking them they could have been on the cover of a magazine they were that good <laughs> they were yes, they, they looked they like were. these little itty bitty pumpkins and they were adorable and I was so excited and and usually I burn everything so I posted them on Facebook because I'm so happy and then today exploding eggs were my cooking timer I, I was boiling eggs to make salad for dinner tonight, and I let the water run out. And the next thing I know, I hear this explosion, and I go in the kitchen. I hear another explosion. I go look in the pan, and an egg explodes all over me. Who knew that eggs would explode? But you know what? I have to tell you this, right? And I put this in the comment on the picture. Exploding eggs is a hell of a lot more fun of a cooking timer than just hearing something buzz. <laughs> It really is. I'm kind of going uh, pro-exploding egg here. <laughs> I'm team exploding eggs. <laughs> oh, yes, you, you, you certainly are. 
<laughs> How are you, sweetheart? What's going on with you? I, I'm doing all right, and uh, I'm having a fine time. We're we're getting a lot of uh, opportunities to reach out and share poetry and in uh, local open mics and in other settings, and it's it's all been good. It just keeps getting better. <laughs> Mm. Yes. That is, you, you know, that's the very best you could hope for or ask for, right? Don't you think? That is, that is right. It's, it's, it's good and getting better. What more can you ask for? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's the journey. Don't I want everything perfect? No, you don't, because then what else would there? You know, but perfect would good, be boring. Be yeah. Perfect. All right. Perfect. Yes. So, would you bring us love? All right, I got a poem that's uh, an ekphrastic poem uh, inspired by Van Gogh's painting Parisian novels. And, And the title of it is Vincent New. It's easy to see Van Gogh understood. There is more to art than painting on wood. For art's not confined to one discipline. Where expression is found, arts found therein. Paintings or drawings or musical score to pose Dark Raven and his nevermore. Drama and sculptures, they all have their part. Embody the concept we know as art. But please consider the power of words compels us to think, yet frees us like birds, revolts to inspire or bring us to peace. Each well-crafted word to bring art's release. Parisian novels are conduits to thought, free minds to explore as art's Further brought into poem. That's awesome. You know, I know that I know that painting. I know the the one you're talking about because it's like the piles of books and stuff, and it's it's gorgeous. It's almost, you know, the the uh, the oh, what is it called? Fresca, the oh, the painting on the walls. Why can't I think of that word right now? I've been using that word all week long. Is it frescoes? You 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 used it uh, up and you just ran out of it. <laughs> frescoes? The wall painting. You know the way he has the walls painted in the room and the books yes. on the floor and you know it just has that, that yes. feel to it and it's just it's a gorgeous piece and a gorgeous piece of writing to it. Well, thank you. I was inspired so, by by Van Gogh. Do you know the um it may, listening to the piece when you were reading it made me wonder if you knew this, the secret controversy around this painting because you were talking about the words. And there are no really words on this painting. No, there aren't. But, but the there, books the, embody words. Yeah. Okay, so then you don't know. So the controversy and the, the mystery and the uh, legend around this piece is that the lines on the backs, the spines of the books, they they have overlays where it, it says words. So they're like it's like 
all everything's on the spines of those books are codes for words and people have made up you know these things where you lay an overlay and it shows you what's written on the the bindings of the books it's really kind of weird <laughs> i will have to get out my magnifying glass and check that for myself not that i don't believe you but it's a very interesting thought <laughs> it is <laughs> All right. So, and I don't know, I've never looked at them, but I've not done it. But I've seen pictures on the internet where it's overlaid and it tells you what the words are. So, it's, yeah, okay. do look, look, in, look on that. It's pretty cool. All right. Awesome job, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I appreciate the opportunity to be here on your Speakeasy Cafe. It, it makes my Thursday nights so much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> it makes ours much more fun as well, my dear. We love you, sweetie. Thank you. Well, thank you. Uh, my, if anybody's looking for in, any more of my poetry, uh, there is poetry to be found at allpoetry.com. I write under the name of Haiku Bless You with hyphens between the words. And uh, uh, go ahead and check it out if you like. If you don't, that's fine, too. And I, I'm always open to constructive criticism. Uh, I'm looking to grow as a poet, and uh, I, uh, I need help along the way, and uh, good suggestions are my friends. So I, I'll let, let it go at that, and I'll let the next poet step up to the mic, and I'll say, God bless. Appreciate you so much, sweetheart. Thank you, honey. Now you take care of my life. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. So our next caller, fingers didn't keep up with my words. The next caller is from area code 419. 419, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. How are you? Hey, sweetheart. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. This is alias 419. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Agent 419. This is Shelly Gambino. I said it right off the bat because I know you say it in the beginning of your show, and I always forget to. So, yeah. If anybody is new and doesn't know me, I'm Shelly Gambino. <laughs> can I say poet extraordinaire? No, just kidding. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. <laughs> um, I have a piece that as I wrote. As long as there's um, no called... bumping body parts. Uh, if shards of glass could bump. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if they could only... Yeah, I'm thinking now my mind, <laughs> my mind is totally like on to another subject now. Oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> that'll be my next one, right? Um, yeah. I wrote Broken Pieces of Me the other day, and um, I wrote it, you know, about being abused or whatever, and I love it because I got, they're going to read it in England on Sunday on the Dear John show, so I'm excited about that. Because I just got words, so. I'm just really excited about that. Anyway, congratulations, sure sweetheart. <laughs> Thank you. I just like I I don't write for profit, so like anytime someone wants to share my work, I just really kind of excited about that. So, um, broken pieces of me. I've been knocked down, drug around, broken, scattered, rendered black and blue, left in pieces. The aftermath of you, trying to assemble them back one at a time. I find I remain incomplete and in need of working on me. My wholeness has been stripped and raped. The life I grew to know, the life forced upon me, the life not my own choosing, the life I chose to hate. It was never about me, yet I was a victim of your subjection. 
Taking the abuse daily, it became custom, the way of life. You, the predator, I, the sheepish, young, innocent prey. Your callousness, cold, calculating, bold, determined power trip knocked me down. Inside of me took something away. I still suffer now, not at your hands any longer, but my own as depression creeps in. I long for it to sail away, and off it goes to sit at bay, yet another day least expecting. I promise I try to get you out of my head. I don't spend a single thought on you, nor waste a precious breath that I am lucky enough to have left. As I breathe, knowing I survived, you have manifested your ugliness in me one last time. Forever ingrained, I harbored my pain. Now I now to accept that I have endured, to embrace in the no longer, to move forward is a start, to try and reassemble the broken pieces of my heart. I will be the cure, and you forever branded the disease. No more, no more, letting go everything inside of me. Time to release, time to break these chains that once shackled me down. Time for me to allow myself to be free. Time to fix and mend the broken pieces of me. Wow. That was very, very powerful, my dear. Uh And I can see why they're going to be reading that. Congratulations on that, truly. That's amazing. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, do I have time to read one more or no? Because I know you said in the beginning you could. I have another one if you want to hear one. You can read, yeah, yeah, yeah as long as it's not real long. Well, I'll read really fast. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> done. I'll read really fast. Um, The way in which you look at me is the title. The way you look at me drives me completely insane. I can feel your eyes as they gaze, longing into mine. I can't help turn my head. The way you look at me, the things you have said, I can feel your wholeness, I can feel your passion. In the way you look at me, there's something to be said. As I can't help but to shyly turn my head in complete and absolute longingness. Just the simple way that you look at me, you devour me in your glare. You complete me the way that you stare. Just the way you look at me, I have felt nothing that I could ever compare. The way your eyes follow me from across the room, the way your eyes absorb mine right in front of you, just the way you look at me, it knocks me off my feet. I love the way you look at me in adoration complete, accompanied by your smile that is brighter than the whole of the world. When you smile, the world smiles with you. When I close my eyes, I can see the remnants of your smile that goes on forever. You have touched me not only with your complete facial gestures, but also in the way you look at me with your endless stare, with the wantingness of your glare, the way that you consume me, I can feel that you have swallowed me whole, you've taken me in, as I am left to only hope to be rest assured that I sit in your heart where you sit in mine. I believe in reciprocation, and I reciprocate every fiber of your being. I love you. You are beautiful. You are the rainfall on a hot, steamy evening night, where there are no clouds but the stars that fill up the night. You are the waves in the ocean that go on forever the sunshine in the sky that never dulls or fades, the days where it shines so bright. You are the whole of which you consume me, longing to take a bite. I can feel the way you look at me, a feeling I have never been privy to before, a lover now, and I absolutely, unequivocally adore the way in which you love me. And peace. Aw, it's so sweet. I, I tried to read it fast for you. <laughs> you know, 
It was a beautiful, sweetheart. That was absolutely beautiful. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can find you. Um, I'm just on Facebook, Shelly Gambino, and then I also do, uh, I have my own private page, and it's called Poetical Intrigue. If anyone goes there, I just publish my poems and sometimes my thoughts of the day on that one. So, yeah. And SoundCloud, if anyone's interested. I'm not a good singer. <laughs> but, yeah, I All try. Right, I try. We'll, <laughs> well, we'll you, talk to you next week. Yep, and you have a good evening, and thank you, and I'll be listening to the show. Okay, remember to do your homework. I will try to do that. I just get so busy with my job. But, yeah. I know. <laughs> I just All have right. to remind you. I, All right. I will try. Yep. <laughs> All right. You, thank Katie. you, dear. All right. Love you, too. Bye. 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 All right. Our next caller comes from area code 910. 910, you're on the air. People ask me why I don't work. Why I got ambitions. Five far up. Don't mind crashing. People ask me why I won't write a book. After it's said and done, printed and cataloged, words have come before. It's nothing different. It's the same girl and different skin. After it's written, I won't see no residuals. All the more reason to give it away. It's nothing different than the girl I was with yesterday. Now, she was tight. Trying to keep me right, I'm sure. She meant you would be good. But with a life like mine, I don't evaluate what comes and goes in out of a bank account. I just got invited by the most spectacular woman to hook up. What she don't know about me is... Mm-mm, I ain't concerned about whether I wake up in satin sheets or on concrete. Either way, people ask me why I ain't motivated. What they don't understand is that every day I've gotten paid, made more money. Even in the years I've been writing than any modern-day poet publishing books, or selling out to Hallmark cars and take that shit to the bank. My name is Glenn Still. This is called success. <laughs> that was, you know, there were so part, so many parts of there. I mean, it was amazing, right? But there's so many parts that were just they were making me laugh, and and you know, it, it was just such. That was incredible. <laughs> Great job, Glenn. You cried me up. <laughs> uh, you know I'll never do your homework, right? I know. Never but say I did never. Put, oh, I always say never. And then I never do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. But, uh. I said, uh, speak easy or move the fuck along. Happening now. <laughs> so. Oh, I'm glad that you're here. That's all I can say. So you got a full lineup, huh? Can we chit-chat we for do. a minute before you go? What's going on? No, you tell me what's going on. You just had a holiday festival. You get into Halloween. You do these costumes. I mean, come on, man. 
tell me something about. I mean, did you like? Did you do a Donald Trump costume? Please tell me you did, and it was morbid and bizarre. <laughs> Actually, no, no, I didn't. I, I, you really want to know what I did last night? Yeah. I wore. I wore a giant, and I'm talking huge. I, like, so big it almost fell over my shoulders, Wookie head, and passed out candy because I haven't been feeling really good. So I didn't do anything you... crazy. I just wore this great big, huge, giant, huge Wookie head that, yeah. And, Only and, in oh, fucking and the out candy. <laughs> Only in Portland could that shit happen. Hey, do you know Jason... Um, He's from that area, Jason. Well, well. No, it's it's, it's a big town, Glenn. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but and you don't even live in Portland, actually. You you live on the outskirts in the de- in the desert highlands or whatever they call the, up there in that cabin, the one I scoped out with that with the with the yeah yeah I remember when I was stalking you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's exciting. Right. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's always fun to be stalked, you know. It is. It is because then you can really mess with somebody and start putting really weird stuff in your trash room to find. Yeah, think about how yeah. bad you could be messed with there. She had. I'm going home now. <laughs> yeah, and, and you can even do more weirder <laughs> shit. Like you know, um, one of the things I like to do when people are stalking me is like uh, take pictures of them. You know, just walk right up to them and boop, boop, you know, and you, you wouldn't believe their faces. It just, it comes alive. Well, they become dead, you know. It's like, I didn't do that. I promise I wasn't bugger, you know. You know. <laughs> no. <laughs> crazy. All I right, my it darling. Is, it is crazy. All right, get to your business, girl. Tell everyone how to find you, baby. Uh you can find me on Facebook, SoundCloud, G Plus, um, Instagram, all those places. You know, I'm not really. You just can't find me in a book, as the poem just said. Glenn Still, look him up, guys. All right, sweetie, thanks. You great, great job tonight, baby. Be peace. Bye, baby. All righty. It's always good to hear from Gwen. Our next caller comes from area code eight three two eight three two. You're on the air. I'm having some issues with the board, so I'm trying to I'm trying to hide that between my witty commentary. Is it working? Eight three two. Now are you with me on the air? No, I'm never on the air, Miss Nana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm under the air. Thank you. <laughs> How are you, sweetheart? Oh, I'm all right. I tried to get in last week, and I got pissed off after the fourth time of my freaking phone dropping me out like a flat pancake. So it's like, no, I'm not doing this no more. I love pancakes. Well, I do too, but not when I get dropped like that, because at first I was second in line last week, and then I don't know where I was after that, and then fourth time around, it's like, you know what? It's just not going down this time. (laughs) So... Anyway, I did want to ask you one thing. Um, when, uh, uh, when, are, uh, which, which um, show is it going to be that we're like uh, doing the recordings for um, the anniversary thing? 
anniversary show. The anniversary show, yeah. so Thanksgiving is going to be, it's always the third Thursday, so it's the 16th. We are going to be doing the anniversary show on the 22nd. Okay. I, wanted, I got so, one that I just did, and I didn't want to, uh, basically I didn't want to let it out of the bag until uh, until it was the, the show of. Yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do the uh, we're gonna do it on the twenty second. Okay, twenty second. So oh, you've right. got not next week, not the week after that, but the so three weeks from now, not next week, not the week after, but third week. Yeah. Okay. Well, today and I don't know if I've read this one before. I can't remember now. I've had about five or six pieces that I uh, put into. My latest little chappy book, and I, I can't remember which one I read. But anyway, this is I like this one. It's a solid piece. Um, it's called uh, Dripping Dreams. Slogans dripping from the heat, the beat of the drum. Different dreams, less sleep. What does it mean to... Trust in me. What is that worth? A breath of reincarnation, sacred games of chance, throw the bones. Spill the bones, draw the six of crows. Gake, what's your sacrifice? Let us make a conjuring of the sky, take what we can from the visions of knowing, understanding what we read of our indigenous relations, visions of sorrow. Call them second sight. These are the colors, almost the blue-green clay of shifting wood smoke. Down down gasoline the dawn to drown in the welter of rain barrels the wealth of a night's dreaming fingers cloth weaving the plated darkness shabby chance drifting over arid sands through glass chambers of city streets beneath riverbeds what happens next? Helicopter blades that chuff and repeat, unrepentant, indigenous resistance, leaders, the leader of the Mapuche people taken to the open court of the free republic of Chile. Oh, what happens next? We are Body language, expressive posture. I am he who stands before you in cuffs. Bulletproof Kevlar, the mission is clear, the message is stark. I am chained by an ascending window, and you fear me? Who is really wearing these chains? What happens next? Thoughts exist. Who says everything has been spoken? Some things are reserved for the language of flesh. 
jewel. As for the rest, we shall see what happens next. What's next? Bones of dreaming, songs of sacred breath, shonge egon, dradze. The wolf-like wind is still calling. Nonke ujonge ubechni. End piece. That was incredible. Thank you. You are very welcome, Soldier Blue. Since you didn't introduce it yourself good. at the beginning. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> I just, I don't know what that is. I just, you know, like, what, who? I don't know. Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> Do I have what time for one more short one? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, because I really, this is one that I, I'm, this is something that's been coming up a lot recently just because of the, you know, a lot of the Native people are starting to really gather forces on it. Um, this one is called Silenced Sisters' Tresses. Slide strip, slipstream through the wake of your burgeoning desires. Slip sidewise at right angles across the filmy chic. Grazine, mythic mystic of clean water and consciousness. Sing the song of the sacred. Cry with relief at the turning dark to light. Shabe dagon. Shape shift before the advent of change. Gake. Flat path of carrion crows. Shed the flame of reptilian weather. Boe. Scales of confusion for scales of balance. Dropping heat for cool, green for gray, kode, soft breath for harsh cold rain for snow. Basi, oh, the ravages of hailstones, gawa nonke uche Horse spirits, cloven hooves, clouded mist, igi shorze, remnant water smoke, wind found, roughed trade. Bugling songs, waffle, aftermath of a fierce storm. Comments, ponds, poisons, loosed animals counted as an insured cost of doing business. The early knuckle white of the horizon's line, first divined sight. Pristine in the gift of sunshine, love. Life, first kiss of being, thoughts of managed safety achieved, we're still here. Oh, indeed. Red Earth knows that thinking, 500 years of practice and counting. Surviving the storms of belief, short-sighted judgments, prejudice, the mud banks overflowing with ignorance, huh? Qualities of a crumbling life. Sugar-sweet scents of dust, blood-rich copper tang, grass dancers, a stomp down, indigenous roots unto igneous rock, sacred stones caught in the pantheon of memory, first creation, no remorse, seething, teeming, grieving. We have found more silenced sisters among the wooded hills. Rain-veiled mountains, five hundred yards measured from home, 
Death came calling, said, well, he, their bones red-tipped, dipped cloth dresses of the same, a steady weight upon our shoulders, browning. They have walked headfirst into the ancient unknown, Wagondaki. Sacred mysteries. We see our sisters taken before they get old, 10 years old, 18 years old, the rage of a prejudicial storm has done them in. Thron, thron, We shuffle dance as if a drunken stupor had found us. Pain is the familiar founder we know for such steps. Ever on, ever walking, cold. Summer does not touch us, dethroned. Hurricane fury... Weathering the storm, debates of gender, genocide, and planned extinction. Nithe, what do you know of that? Tresses dressed in red. Oh, silenced sisters. Nonke, Ujonge, Uwekni, and peace. Wow. I don't see why you wanted to read that one. Amazing. Thank you. I kind of took in the hurricane that just happened out there on the East Coast and some of the revelations that have been coming forth in various places about our sisters that have been silenced and now we're starting to find them again. So it's an ongoing process. There you have it. And you can... uh, Find me at uh, Rafe Wild at Facebook, and underneath the parentheses, you're going to see Soldier Blue, and that's me. All right, sweetheart. Amazing, amazing, amazing reads tonight. Thank you. I'm so glad you were here. Thank you. I appreciate being here. <laughs> All right, and we'll talk to you in a bit. Right. Yes, ma'am. Bye, baby. All right, Bye. so that was Soldier Blue. So I have to share this with you, and most of the time I don't because, you know, especially out of respect for someone like Wen Sapien who's celebrating so many years of sobriety, um, and I'm so proud of him. Um, So I normally don't talk about it, but every once in a while I like to have a glass of wine when I do the show. And I probably have not, I kind of got out of that habit, and I probably haven't had a glass of wine in a year of doing the show, the last year of doing the show, and was given a bottle by a girlfriend and so I decided, well, I'm going to have a little glass of wine with the show tonight. And I have, in all the time that you guys have known me, I have never done this. But if there was ever a taste in my mouth that went hand in hand with listening to poetry, it was like golden, warm, amazing, like a tangerine tango on my tongue, this wine is so good. All right, I can't even tell you how good this was. And so I'm going to, I'm not getting paid by the company, but I have to share this wine for you. So any of you guys that are out there that are wine drinkers, you have to try this. And it is Snow, S-N-O Road, Snow Road Winery from Echo, Oregon here. It's a local wine, Snow Road Winery. And it is a orange muscat. Um, absolutely, oh, it is like 
I can't even tell you. It is worth its weight in gold, I swear to you. It is like, oh, you have to try it. I'm all excited now. And looked it up. I'm putting the link to the winery in the chat room, so if you happen to be in the chat room, you can grab it out of there. But you have to try this wine. I probably won't drink it again because it's $40 a bottle. But, um, yeah, that may go on my Christmas wish list. <laughs> Incredible. So, anyway, I just had to share that with you because uh, it's, it, it was yummy. It was really yummy. All right, next caller comes from area code. 424. 424, you're on the air. Hello, Ms. Marla. Hey, sweetie. How are you doing? I'm doing well. This is Anthony Arnold. It is Anthony. It's been a bit. You you just kind of like come and go. You pop in as you please. You are not well trained, by the way, just, just in case you're wondering. Fine. Be that way. See, but I am tickled. When, when that means like when you do show up, it's kind of like, oh my god, oh my god. But I do that in. I would do that if you were here every week. So good to hear from you, sweetheart. Yeah, I um, had the opportunity to to call in, and uh, so I said, well, let me let me surprise her for a little bit. <laughs> Well, I, I am do. absolutely tickled. I'm absolutely tickled you're here. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start becoming scarce than I, scarcer than I already am. I gotta finish my book, <laughs> and I didn't played around and played around and played around. So it's time for me to jump back on the computer. So I'm, this I'm may with be you big. on that. I'm. Definitely with you on that. I keep putting mine off too. I don't have mine done yet because every time I think about it, it turns into something else. First, it was going to be just a chat book. Then it was going to be a poetry book. Then it was going to be a poetry book mixed with uh, all of my concept photography. And then it was going to be a poetry book mixed with all of my photography and an accompanying audio CD. Hmm. And then I figured I'd better put a flashlight and a sack lunch in there, too, for somebody, because they were never going to find their way out of Wonderland. <laughs> well, uh, so what would you bring us, sweetie? I have a piece that I wrote um, right after Nike came out with their um, as advertisement series with um, – Captain, a bunch of other folks, and of course, some of the more reasonable folks uh, in this country started burning their own merchandise like it was going to hurt Nike. So, I did kind of, I guess you could call it kind of a satire piece called uh, Just Burn It. <laughs> Go ahead. A company showcases a man, a man protesting justice, injustice in America. You feeling some type of way? What do you do? Just burn it. Don't matter if you saved up for them. Don't matter if you stood in line for them. How dare they disrespect people like you? I'll show them. Just burn it. Did it ever occur to you that they don't care? 
that they have your money, they sit back and laugh at you because it's not theirs anymore. It's yours. You wanted to make a statement. You wanted to be seen, to be heard. Well, you did. It's called I'm Stupid. So burn your shoes, your apparel, your feet too, if you're so inclined. They'll just smile and go back to work. They will just do it in peace. You know what's so funny about that is is you're so 100% absolutely correct. And even beyond that, you know, uh, taking every, all of that a step further, you know, it's why do you think that Madonna precariously had wardrobe malfunctions at just the right time? Or why do you think that there is a, a, a public mass shooting at just the right voting time? You know? Mm-hmm sounding kind of conspiracy theorists like there, but but kind of, but not really. I've worked in the media my entire life, so trust me, you know, you, you see these these patterns that are just like, you know, someone took a red crayon and wrote, wrote across the newspaper, blatant. Um, but Nike's sitting there saying, yeah, yeah, get in the news and burn my tennis shoes. That's all free advertising to me. I, I'm, I am rake, I'm not running any ads right now. I don't have to because you're doing all my advertising for me. Because even bad publication, publicity is great publicity. Uh, publicity. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm loving it. I'm taking y'all to the bank again, again, suckers. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> but it's true. It, it, mm-hmm. it is. It is definitely true. But people so people so in their in their feelings about it, they um, burning shoes. And I was watching this one guy burn his shoes, and I know for a fact those shoes ran upwards uh, of more than a hundred bucks. Oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's crazy. Crazy. Now he has to go out. Now he has to go out and spend more money. Because now he has to replace the the five pair that he burned in his backyard. Yep. Yep. Some people don't think. I swear to God. And he'll be don't. right back to buying Nikes again a year later because nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about dirty laundry. All right, darling. You know the drill. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, my um, poetry page is AA the Tigers Den on Facebook. My website is author com. You can find my books on um, Amazon, and they're also on my webpage. And that's Very it. cool. Hey, did you want to read a second one? We'll read, you can read, still read two tonight. We're, we're still good on the phone. Line. Yeah, I'll, I, I, I have one more uh, that I can whip out right cool. quick. Hey, you guys, if I forget to ask if you want to read your second and you had a second and I forget, remind me, say, hey, I've got another one to read. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, go ahead. 
Peace called wordsmith. I am a wordsmith, a griot, a poet, a man of many words. I can make your love come down, educate you of the history, raise the revolution, protest the murder of our young. I speak on behalf of the ancestors, the voice of the voiceless, to keep those in the forefront, some that may have been forgotten. Martin and Malcolm, George and Emmett, Trayvon and Sandra, they all live again in my words. I am a wordsmith, a griot, a poet, a man of many words. And that's that piece. Phenomenal. Thank you, dear. Phenomenal piece, love. You're very welcome. All right, tell everyone how to find you. Once again, your Facebook page. Again? Your Facebook page, yep. Okay. Um, My Facebook page is Anthony Arnold. My um, poetry page is AA the Tiger's Den on uh, Facebook. Cool. Um, and like I said, my website is author Anthony Arnold dot webs w e b s dot com. Very cool. All right, sweetheart. Appreciate you so much. I'm glad you were able to make it in tonight. It was my pleasure. All right, baby. Bye bye. All righty. Our next caller comes from area code 256. 256, you're on the air. Good evening, Nyla. Well, hello, sir. How are you? I'm fine. This is Stan. Hey, Stan. It's good to hear from you. Oh, well, thank you. It's good to be heard from. <laughs> What's going on with you tonight? Oh, just what else? Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe. What else would be going on on a Thursday night? You know, it was a trick, to que- a trick question. Well, well, I knew the right answer. <laughs> you did. You you just aced that. <laughs> oh, it's so good to hear from you. Oh, thank you. So, what is going on with you, young lady? Oh, nothing. Just trying to get all my little ducks in a row. I'm going to have surgery, as you guys know, on my hand again, my other hand on the 19th. So getting everything ready for that and and having fun and and writing and and poking around with things and just things have been really good. Great. That's great yeah. to hear. That's on yeah. I hear you about getting the ducks in a row. <laughs> yeah. My ducks, my ducks don't. My, my ducks have all been spinning in circles and are too dizzy to even know there is such a thing as a row. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, life happens. <laughs> yes. Well, I decided I would start off with an old poem of mine, one I haven't seen or even thought of reading in a while. And then after that, I was going to do homework. 
please, yes. Okay. This is one I wrote a time back when I decided that cliches were fun. <laughs> and it's called, What Time Is It? Fast times, slow times, your time, my time. I've got to take some time just to spin this rhyme. I have no time to waste. You know, the time ain't well, time marches on. Now I've got to get moving because the time ain't long. Let's have the time of our lives. That's what people say. Comes the time to lend a hand. Can't give you the time of day. On time, overtime, buying time, about time. Is it really such a crime for us to take some time? And with that question asked, here's another one it poses. Are we really wasting time if we stop to smell the roses? What's time about anyway? Just a measure of existence. Some people, to save time, choose the path of least resistance. Not always the wisest choice. On fast tracks, you find dark highways. When time is up, all dues come due. Everybody's got to pay. Good time, bad time. Some time, no time. Hope you had some time to enjoy this rhyme. Just one more thing, quoting a Chicago song to end this piece with flair. Does anyone really know what time it is? Does anyone really care? In peace. <laughs> that was incredibly fun. Yeah, that's right. that was what it was. That was the whole point of it, just to play with that one word, time. Yeah, it was an absolute delight to hear. It was fun. It was just... <laughs> Uh, do you know I probably haven't owned a watch? I can't wear a watch anyway because I always make the batteries go dead. I can wear them for like two days and then the battery's dead on them. I don't know why. Um, but I haven't owned a watch in years. Well, I've owned them. They're all in a drawer. But I've never worn yes. one in, in like since maybe high school. I haven't worn them. How? I, I usually get them as a gift. I wear them long enough for the person who bought it for me to see it on me. Smile, say thank you, and like you said, go straight into a drawer and I never look at the thing again. <laughs> you know what I just did? You know how what? girls will take girls will take chopsticks and twirl their hair up in a bun and stick a chopstick through it to hold yeah. their hair up? So yes. I was I looked down on my desk and there's a chopstick laying there, one of my pretty fancy chopsticks. So I spin my hair around and I'm talking to you and I'm going to stab this <laughs> this chopstick into my my twisted up hair on my head and it's not a chopstick, it's a quill pen that I made, and I just stabbed myself in the head with this pen. Like, oh, I, I, I know, right? <laughs> that really freaking hurt. I feel like that little guy. I stabbed my head in the, or stuff in the head with a pen, and it really hurt, and it still hurts. <laughs> so you stuck what yourself a dumb in the thing. head with a quill pen. I did. I thought it was a chopstick, and I was pinning my hair up. <laughs> Didn't well, work. You're like, hey, what? <laughs> I've got one for you now. There's your homework. Okay. I need okay. you to write a poem about your hidden tattoo. <laughs> the one under my hair. <laughs> the one under your hair. <laughs> that spells stupid with one dot. 
It's yes, a new language. <laughs> I invented it. <laughs> All right, what saved me from myself? What's your second poem? Okay, this is off of the prompt Boogeyman. Oh, yes. Before I, 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 I decided to write this, I decided I better check this out because of the title I was going to put on it. There's been several of them done as songs with this title. So I had to call this one Stan's Boogeyman's Boogie. I like it. Okay. Here we go. Headed into the wild, out of the city scene, shadows start to shift, sunsets on Halloween. Ain't nothing to fear, catch the rhythm, feeling right. Frogs croaking set the beat for a jumping, bumping night, doing the boogeyman's boogie. Doing the boogeyman's boogie. They do the boogeyman's boogie, boogie till the break of dawn. Mummy's pulled tight, his rap says this must be the place. Plucks those rags, he makes a mean real bass. The demon on guitar shows he's no stiff, has flames rocking off his frets, smoking hot lips, doing the boogeyman's boogie. He's doing the boogeyman's boogie. Doing the boogeyman's boogie, boogie to the break of dawn. Ghouls and goblins, they ain't no fools. They do their boogie in the bog, keeping their cool. Blowing harp and dancing comes the leader of the band, mossy hands and feet flailing, it's the boogeyman. The vamps join in as horn section with their pals. Werewolves and goes, of course, harmonizing shrieks and howls. The music slowly fades as the sun makes the scene, but they'll be jamming again sunset on the next Halloween. They'll do the boogeyman's boogie. Doing the boogeyman's boogie. They'll do the boogeyman's boogie, boogie till the break of dawn. And peace. <laughs> oh, you get an A-plus on your homework. Oh, well, thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> that, that was, was incredible. Yeah, definitely an A+. Plus. All right, I like that. I like getting those where I can, you can play with them like that. Mm-hmm. So there's other Boogeyman boogies out there. Oh, yeah. Because I, I put in Boogeyman's boogie just to see if anything else popped in. Sure enough, there was a few of them. I'm like, okay, we're going to have to title this something different. You know, kind of like Rocky office. 13, right? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. It should have been Boogeyman Boogie 13. Oh, there you go. I just figured just make it Stan's Boogeyman's Boogie and they can bitch about it later. <laughs> so funny. Let it go. That's awesome. All right, my darling, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can find you. Well, you can find me Thursday nights on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe. You can find me Fridays for the first hour on Van Meadows. Let's talk about it. After that, I'll be on World Poetry Open Mic. And on Sundays, you can find me on Inspiration Factory with Paul Sampson. Other than that, I'm in the uh, anthology group the Garden of Poetry and Prose. I'm in the group Friends of Words, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit. I'm also in the group of Outlaw Poets. And there you go. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Great job, Stan. Appreciate you so much, honey. My pleasure. And on to the next. (laughs) Thanks, baby. 
right. Our next caller comes from area code 757. 757, you're on the air. Hey, it's Tamiko Barnett. Hey, Nyla. Oh, my goodness. Just a minute, I got to pick up the floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm back in my chair. It is so good to hear from you. Hey. I have missed I, you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I miss being on here sharing. I have to admit, though, I get caught up in my little shows and stuff. <laughs> you know, it's good to have priorities. I don't have to be the top of the priority, but it's always good. You know, <laughs> you like what you like, and that's okay. As long as every once in a while you come share some love with us. I know, and I try to call in sometimes and listen in, and then I get focused off into all of that because I can't help it. It's like hard to kick at TV habit. <laughs> um, but um, I do have two short pieces tonight I'd like to share as things I've written this year. Um, the f- um the first one I want to share is actually um it's called Full Moon, and really what happened that night is I was listening to every once in a while I go and I listen to um, either Maya Angelou or listen to something like Langston Hughes or something like that, and sometimes. It's written in a certain way sometimes with a dialect or um, just kind of remind you of the ancestors and people who came before 18th century, 19th century, even as far back as the 17th century, and they write it in such a way that just put me in that state of mind. But I That evolution of language, evolution of voice. Mhm, and I did, but I was thinking also about in terms of getting in touch with nature and brought it into a modern time uh twenty first century but so here it is, full moon, all right, ain't nobody howling at that moon. Cornbread bacon will be done soon. Didn't put on the beans until late. TV low and sound, clouds parting to show off that moon coming back round in peace. I like that. It's like it's like the voice of it's voice of all the fingerprints. You know, it's like they, they, they sneak through once in a while. You know, you are you are who you are but you're also a product of every fingerprint that had a making in you, you know. Mm-hmm. And so every once in a while you feel that push, you feel the pressure of, of everything inside you, your past, your history, every single one of those voices, you know, the fingertips on the tongues all pushing to say something and, and something like that comes out. That's just amazing. Mm. Yeah, I know it just put me... In that headspace And I, I go there sometimes anyway Especially when I'm listening to certain poems Maya Angelou always kept that alive In her poetry Or what I call storytelling Because sometimes she would just start talking And in between the poems And it just took me into that space So it was just like Okay let me write something like that Without 
it's hard sometimes to go there because I don't want to feel like um, I am, you know, it's like, okay, how how do I say what it is I want to say and just put the right kind of... You know what, I want you to write about it and I want you to go there. No, not everybody in the world has to read everything that you write. But if there's, if you're sitting there and you're sitting down to write something and you're saying, okay, I don't want to go there, that means you're holding back a voice inside of you and knock that off. Mm-hmm. You sit down with that paper and pen and you let your voice go there. And I understand what you, say, what you mean by saying you didn't want to let your voice go there because that wasn't something you wanted for popular consumption. Right? But you yeah. need to go there for you. You need to go there for your own voice. You need to go explore that if it was pushing you in that direction. you know, And then leave it on your journal pages and never touch it again. Or find out where it was taking you and maybe it's trying to show you something. Mm. You know, that's, it's, not, it's kind of funny, but... It, and it's nowhere near the same thing about like an ancestral voice like you're talking about. But when I was little, my parents and my sisters used to really pick on me bad and tease me about the way I talked. They <laughs> they said, you know, why is, you know, how come never anything's, you know, why is the sky never just blue? And why is the grass never just green? Why do you have to sit there and talk inside out and backwards about everything? And they'd start laughing and teasing me and pretending to talk like me. And it really hurt me. I mean, and I would cry inside. I was embarrassed and I felt so belittled to the point where I used to sit in the backyard in the forest below my property, below our house, and I used to practice talking like my sisters. But it was definitely not the, I did not speak outwardly the same way I spoke inside my head when I talked to myself. And the first time I heard Shakespeare, it was like I understood, it was, it was like hearing my own language. You know, in the beginning of the show, I pay, played that piece, uh, Lake at the River's End, and mm-hmm. it's written in that voice. You know, it, that was one of the times where I sat down, and I just let my pen go where it wanted to go, and I just followed it. And that's the what that was my, you know, that's, I think that's why I love that piece so much. Um, <laughs> but always do that, you know, and I know I'm probably trying to make more of a point out of it than what it was for you, but it gave me a segue <laughs> into really making a point about something, and that is, you know, if... If you think, okay, I could write about it this way, but I'm not going to. I'm going to write about it this way. Do both. Mm. You know, write your, write your piece you want as popular consumption, but then jump in and get dirty for a while. You know, and go to those those weird places. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. And it was like I'm. I just went ahead and wrote it out the way it was coming through, and then just left it there on Poetry Soup, and I just said, okay, I'm just going to leave it there. But I guess um, it was just different for me because sometimes I just don't write like that most of the time. And you've heard mm-hmm. my poetry here, and, and it's like, okay. But I understood where it was coming from because I was so mm-hmm. inspired and so moved by what I was hearing from other poetry, and it just... When when I think about historically and things I've studied and stuff like that, it's just like okay, just go there. Cause I mean, it's so many people that still you know pay attention to the moon and appreciate nature, cooking their food while they doing that and sitting out mm-hmm. on the porch or sitting on the step and everything. Nothing about that has really changed from century to century, from decade to decade, from year to year. So 
I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Last full moon, I was out in the middle of the Idaho panhandle in a tent all by myself up in the mountains surrounded by coyotes going freaking crazy. It was amazing. I was definitely enjoying the moon, but I was not cooking dinner. <laughs> I was hiding. <laughs> I, I get, you got some coyotes, yeah. Um, you don't want some coyotes. Um, vampires and werewolves and howling dogs all around me. It was scary. Yeah. They want to sit with you and enjoy dinner. Look, okay. <laughs> oh, that was what it was. Yeah. Where were you when I needed you? <laughs> you. I I got one more. I don't want to take up too much time. I know okay. we get to talking. I enjoy it, but um, circles of the times. And uh, okay, them circles there seem awfully scattered. Unbroken, eternal, and yet somehow shattered in peace. I love how it, it's hard, and we—I've said this about you before, so I really sound, sound like I'm repeating myself, but it's true that it is really hard to write short poetry and have it puncture. You know, to have it say what you need to say in a way that it makes a huge impact you know and as a short poem you really have to strive for that Um, you know you don't want to make it so short that it's esoteric and nobody gets the point of it you know but if you can write a short poem and have it be you know that that stone in the pit of your stomach or that brick between the eyes or that you know electric floor you're standing on and and you know, make that impact on you. It's pretty amazing, and you do that really, really well with your short poetry. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you letting me share tonight. <laughs> You're very welcome, sweetheart. Do me a favor and tell everyone how they can find you. Okay, you can find me on poetrysoup.com forward slash M-E forward slash T-A-M-E-K-O, the number one and the number three. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome, sweetheart. You have a good night, honey. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller. I'm going to go ahead and give the next three callers. We have 216, 219, and 111. So I think 219 may be Brother O. I'm not sure. Is that Brother O? Maybe. And then we have Colin. It looks like next is Mama. So... Two and six, you are on the air. Well, thank you. My computer just restarted on its own. I don't know why, because I don't have enough memory. So I'm going to have to read out of my book and just pick a page. How about that? Anything you want, madam. <laughs> That's what I was going to read. So I was going to read. Word, madam. <laughs> but it's not in my book. Uh-oh. I have to come back up. Oh, my goodness. I think it might come back up by the time uh, I finish this one. Okay. This one is called Red, But Not Delicious. It's an old one. My computer, my computer is breathing heavy and panting. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's a whole different poem, Mama. 
<laughs> no, I, I don't like it. It's like it's stressed out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Do you want me to come back, back to you? No, I could read that from the book, but I was just hoping it came back up by the time I got to the second piece. Okay. Yeah, I got the book here. Okay, I'm going to read Red But Not Delicious. Privatized prisons, the killing of our children worldwide, anger for worldwide issues, issues ensued, pursued. So far, I have the list from the least to the most. On my soul, I'll speak the truth. I swore by my oath to the goddesses that I would dispel the spell of the devil's ruthlessness, illusions that's been forged in weak minds, bringing false conclusions to those with contusions. Maybe through sheer idiocy did they receive a head blow from some intrusion. Though received by those who would indeed follow folly, then we pulling us into the charm of harm's arms putting us in the way of danger, causing anger and confusion from the explicit wicked ignorance displayed by those who never ruminated on the strategy nor pondered upon the outcome of our destined fate. We procreate bad seeds. There is no semblance, no resemblance to a better future. Our food and needs compromise like impure particles in our water without nutrition procreation ceasing the defeminization of our men speaking on foods. Monsanto needs a surgery like a, like a string tied around Monsanto's virtual testicles. Attach them to a helicopter and fly off hurriedly. My please, selfishly disguised as prayers, pointing God's mercy only towards self, no mention of our brethren, nor of future generations. Begging Prayers, highly seasoned with instant gratification. Keep me, save me, damn the rest. Me, me, me. No mention of the air, water, trees that we need to save. There is no more utterance about Katrina or 9-11. No mention of Haiti or Trayvon, who is a symbol for the modern-day smitten. School children or mass shootings. The missing, we exploited. Yeah, I'm mad from the simplest of things to the most complicated. Take, for instance, a red delicious apple costs one dollar or more. It's just red, but it's not delicious anymore, nor sweet as before. It's red, no longer even nutritious. I can't I can rant about something as simple as that, not only because of the taste, but of the nutrients it lacks. Ongoing policies, police brutality, Nazi buffoons and goons. We can mention that, cloned meat, chicken and fish. I'm mad because they tampered with this. Five tomatoes away from despair, building our pensions to use for war, unhappy grandchildren, food deprivation, poor education, 13th Amendment, not of hell, no inheritance for our children, 40 acres and a mule we never did receive, blood contamination, Race and gender damnation, genital mutilation is one of my many pet peeves. Gender selection, killing off girl fetuses and children, tops off my list. Wonder if the rest of society is that angry at this. Mad yet? Yes. Stolen legacy, misappropriation of taxation, 
unfair mortgages. We have been, we have stood up against. We have been stood up against. Yet we have no ground upon which to stand. I am outdone about seven out of eight foreclosures in the community. But most of all, I'm mad. I'm mad at everyone and anyone that would not adopt a cause, who would not speak up for the weak, who would not speak for the weak, who would not wake up the dead, who per- perpetuates heterism and chooses to stay asleep. I'm angry at those who are oiling the wheels of the consumer, consumers and abusers of sweatshop commodities. Greasing the palms of the sex traders, wicked mentality, all this rolled up into one big ball. The cheerleaders who condone usually have not a pot in which to piss at all. They have a problem hearing the truth, so they never listen. Now they spend $300 on vanity. The insanity is they have no college tuition for their children, but they claim that their claim to fame is, I got the best this or the biggest whatever. And I'm really angry at that many, especially the gifted, whom has already been sifted. So I speak against the illness that I have listed. Thank you. You did amazing. I mean, the the message in that was phenomenal, as you know, but you had some really amazing and tight rhyme schemes throughout that entire piece. That was awesome, Mama. Thank you. Okay. You are very, well, very welcome. The computer is back up, but since it took so long, um, I'm just going to pass and let the next word go. Go ahead. No, you're fine. We're doing okay. That wasn't that long. You're okay. Okay. Okay, this one is word, madam. I am the word, madam. Praying with words erotically. You must really listen to me to get the deepest meaning metaphorically. Words work for me, like ladies of the night. They bring me what I ask for. My words are money divas, like the oldest profession in the world. Words teasing you, suggesting to your core what and when and how you want it. Prostituting pronouns, working for me, hustling for me. You feel what they leave you with. I am the poetry, madam. Pimping, macking, slapping these phrases is what I do. Smacking these old metaphors around, and I give the young new words some bling to compete with the colloquialism and their hooks. High-class hookers in my stable, bringing experience to the table. Old working girls who are likened to an oxymoron. Oh, it hurts so good. Intellectual women with intuition, broads with brass balls, talking back, giving men a hard time, pun intended. Brutal subordination, watch how they handle it. You feel what they leave you with. Old bras are like vocabulary queens, emphasis of sentences, patronizing the patrons with promises. Expressionists turning tricks into patronizing future appointments with valid for monetary exchange. My fit is like past participles dangling, sliding down poles of pregnant paws, waiting for a lap dance. He then made it rain. The ending was a proposition, wrongly being accused as a preposition. Phone sex, a date just listens to sex talk. She makes him think it's all his idea for what he wants to be done to him. Tricks 
other respected trades like sexy soliloquies and silk panties, draped fur boas and high heels. He has never heard her, never laid eyes on He has heard her, never laid eyes on her. My poetry will lie to you and make you pay for the privilege. My poetry will blow smoke up your very air and tell you how to receive the message. Lull you to sleep with a lullaby. She lies, the master of making up alibis. Makes manipulation look like miracles. My words can only do what I tell them to do because I can't afford to have a wonton adverb such as lasciviously and fallacious running around naked in my poems, at least. Not for free. Word, madam. That's me. I'm an older baby. Hold on. In the building. <laughs> I, I absolutely, well, you know, I absolutely love that piece. But you get 500 coolest person in the world points for rhyming soliloquy with panties. <laughs> well, I'm not Spooky oh, and Penny, that's yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. That's, that's that. You get super cool points for that. Well, that's my favorite poem because the uh, response is so awesome. Uh, awesome. People just went crazy with the response. I think Stan gave, even gave it an extra stanza with his uh, with his with his response. It was so funny. So you can go read it. It's it's, it's somewhere. You can find it. I'm googling word now on my page somewhere. <laughs> And came up with another stanza almost. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. I'm not on the page anymore. But uh, yeah, thank you for letting me share. I'm enjoying the program. Um, it's not in my book. But I don't think I'm going to do just a book with just uh, erotica. Because um, I don't want I don't want the erotica in my book. <laughs> <laughs> Time and place, right? Mhm. Yep. All right, Mama, you did a fantastic job tonight. Thank you. Thank you. You are very, very welcome. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come visit with you. They can visit with me on Poetry Soup. They can visit with me on Facebook under different um, pages, like uh, Library of My Poems. And soon you'll be able to have some free books that I'm going to be giving out little chat books, and then I'll have two books for sale, and then everybody will have everything. So when I, when I leave here, you all have everything just about. So the stuff I was just too tired to rewrite because I scribbled it. And now I got like about <laughs> 2,000 more scribbles, so I don't feel like scribbling. So you have to, um, you have to what you call it, um, uh, ask my estate for my scribbles. <laughs> Nothing dark about this, is there? <laughs> hey, guys, when I'm gone, you need to talk to somebody and tell them that you still want to read my poetry, okay? <laughs> but, uh, uh, it's, it's a big stack of notebooks with all kinds of scribble. I can't even read it myself. So it has to be somebody with deciphering ability. With a decipher, scribble, scrabble. All right, baby, I'm taking up too much time. That's not my thing, so I'm talk to you later and listening in. Everybody else, great show. <laughs> Thank you, Mama. Great job tonight, sweetheart. All right. 
So, guys, our next caller dun, 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 comes from area code 219. 219, you're on the air. I knew that was Brother O. How you doing? I'm doing absolutely wonderful, sweetheart. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing well. It is really, really good to hear from you. Jamie, I appreciate appreciate the opportunity. So, what did you bring for us tonight? The guy this poem is called Brother O, You're My Hero. If you ask me to find the word hero, in general terms, a hero, from my point of view, is a man or woman who possesses supernatural gifts and talents. A man or a woman who has superhuman powers and abilities. A man or woman who has overcome numerous personal challenges and obstacles to achieve the impossible and improbable in his or her life. And an ordinary man or woman called by God to perform extraordinary deeds for his divine purpose. In a conventional sense, I don't think the qualifications of a hero. To tell you the truth, brothers and sisters, I'm not even worthy of deserving to be chosen as somebody's hero. No way in the world. However, if God would have it, five words spoken to me by a complete stranger after one of my performances of my famous testimonial piece that said I wouldn't, and then Harvard, Michigan, six years ago, impacted my life forever as a poet. After I performed and got a standing ovation out of nowhere, a brother from the audience came up and approached me. Much, and with that much admiration and respect, this man who I didn't even know spoke these five words to me with conviction, and I quote, Brother O. My hero. The power of these five words was evident because God's presence was in the building that night. And for this brother to choose as one of his real life heroes was the equivalent of me receiving the Congressional Medal of Honor or being enshrined to a Hall of Fame. It was one of the, it was one of the, one of my finest moments as a court because it was a life changer. And I shall never forget those words for the rest of my natural life. Well, every now and then I ask myself, why would a complete stranger call me a hero? What characteristics do I have to be a hero? And what gifts and talents do I have to be a hero? Brothers and sisters, to most ordinary people, I'm just an average Joe. I'm nobody special. Upon your first encounter, meet me in person, your first impression and perception of me would be a very mild man, articulate, and intelligent brother who writes poetry. And I may come off this distance at times, pursuing my own little world. You couldn't tell that. You couldn't tell that the brother was an author, poet, spoken word artist just by looking at him. To you, he's a black Clark Kent live in the flesh. Now, brothers and sisters, if you had a general conversation about heroes, 
You are making some of the greatest men and women that ever walk on this earth. One of your favorite celebrities, Professor Addis, entertainers, or any other type of public figure. One of your favorite comic book superheroes or cartoon characters you admired as a kid. One of your favorite TV or movie characters. Or one of your personal heroes in real life. Brothers and sisters, I'm not the first responding police and a father put his or her life on line daily. I'm not gifted with Superman powers and abilities like Black Panther, Superman, and Incredible Hulk. I'm not a professional athlete who's had a Hall of Fame career. I'm not a great historical figure. I'm not a famous actor who has won an Oscar for Best Actor. I'm not a high-profile celebrity star by the paparazzi, nor am I an entertainer who has ever won a Grammy Award. But, uh, why did a complete stranger choose you as his hero? Well, as a sister, I'm a real-life living miracle in the flesh. Was overcome numerous challenges since birth. Become an accomplished poet and author who is not only recognized but national recognition, now you begin to get international recognition too. I'm that extraordinary brother, gifted to inspire and courage. People just by sharing my story. I show them that they can accomplish anything they put their minds to. And to never allow people with circumstances to stand in their way. I'm that unsung hero who has turned his tragedies into triumphs. Was turned his test of testimony, so has turned his ugly scars into shining stars, was turned his failures into successes, and was turned his defeats into victory. Now let's go back and take another look at my definition of a hero and see if I fit any criteria. Hmm. A man was overcome and conquered numerous personal challenges and obstacles. Achieve the impossible and improbable in my life? Any ordinary man called by God to perform extraordinary tasks for his divine purpose? And based upon the evidence presented, I most definitely get the qualification to be your real life example of a hero in poem. You know, it's it's nice to be able to, to look at. Um, the things that have happened in your life and, and understand the value of being able to get through them, of being able to make it through something and and respect yourself for that. You know what I'm saying? Good job. Good job, sweetie. I thank you now. I truly appreciate it. You're very, very welcome. All right. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come find you. Um, anybody who is not familiar with my work can find me on Facebook and Omar Brother O'Gatley. And as always, thank you for your support. <laughs> You're very welcome, sweetie. We'll talk to you next week. I'll be on next week. Thank you. You're welcome, hon. We'll see you then. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. That was Mr. Brother O. 
All right. So, our, oh, Colin's next. Skype caller, you are on the air, maybe. There you go. You're on the air. Hi. Hey, sweetheart. I it's good brought, to hear from you. I have brought you two again tonight. I've got one from Halloween and a piece about um, Bonfire Night, which very few of you probably know about. What, um, what is it? Tell us. The Bonfire Night's Basically, it's a celebration of defeating the plot to blow up the Houses of Parliament. Is that the gunpowder underneath? Yeah. Ah, I didn't know about that. <laughs> but for some strange reason, they celebrate it. <laughs> Yay, we didn't get blown up. <laughs> um, I'll start with the Halloween piece, though. Okay. "'Twas all Hallow's Eve. "'A whole host of nightmarish creatures filled the streets. "'Their crooked smiles upon their faces. "'They played their tricks and took their treats. "'Tis but one night throughout the year. "'Their masks are removed. "'They gather in their hellish hordes, "'causing waves of terror to fall upon man.' Of our minds they have control. On this one night they walk on our earth to feast upon our soul. You see them coming closer. You know you cannot hide. Your time has come. You realise the monster is inside. And peace. Wow. Incredible, sweetheart. I thought I had to get one proper Halloween piece in there. <laughs> I know I did uh, something no, along gonna... the lines of last week, but a proper piece had to go in. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a, a yearly classic now. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I'll do the piece for something Night. Still we see the beauty and the lie as blinding lights fill up our sky. Celebrating the failure a plot to set us free from the land in which we live in governmental tyranny. This land in which we've lost control. We're just sheep following the wolf. Maybe Guido had it right, but his choice was not the best. Causing death may well have freed him from the ones by which he felt oppressed. Now in our twisted way, we burn the guy upon the pyre. As glittered explosions fill the sky to consume our minds with beauty. And still we have to answer to this controlling entity. Our lives still not our own. No real choice in what we do. The overlord unto the masses, he feared, is the one we know about to and peace. Wow. That was phenomenal, sweetheart. It, it yeah, took a while to correct it because I was recording it 
into my phone with text, uh, to, uh, talk to text, and everything was written wrong. It was written wrong? Yeah, it, it didn't understand anything that I said, and it just put different words in wherever it wanted, so I had to go back and correct both pieces. Oh, jeez. That's too funny. Fantastic job. Absolutely fantastic job on both of those. Thank you very much. You're I'm sorry I was late tonight. You were what? I'm sorry I was late tonight. Daylight saving time. You're, you're never late. You're not late unless it's like the end of the show and I can't take your call. That's late. I'll have to go back and listen to the earlier pieces when I get a chance. That would be awesome. Yeah, it's been a great show so far tonight. All right, my darling, tell people again how to find you. I can be found on Facebook, uh, Callum Kennedy Hume, and on Twitter, uh, at Kennedy Hume. And I'm hoping within the next few weeks to work out how all poetry works so I can set up my link for that as well. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, fantastic job. Just appreciate you so much. Appreciate you being up, being here, all of it, you know. Thanks for having me. Thank you, baby. All righty. Our next caller, you guys know that he's like in, like, wait, hang on, bring, bring him back on. I forgot. Where are you at again? Is it Wales? I'm in Wales now, yeah, but I'm originally from England. And what time is it there? It's 5 to 2 in the morning. Okay. All right. So, hey, if you want to read again, just press 1, you know, press 1 and press 1 again. If I can get you on by the end of the show again, then I can. Okay? No worries. So, that, you know, he, guys, he kind of takes the uh, the excuse out of you guys, you know, so it's like, I couldn't, I couldn't call in. Carry your palm in your pocket and the number in your wallet and sneak off to the bathroom wherever you are, you know, because uh, he's in Wales at like almost 3 o'clock in the morning waiting online to to read. So that's just really impressive to me. Sorry. All right. Next caller, 919. And after that, we'll have 718. So 919, you're on the air. Hey, hey, hey. Good evening, good evening. Granville, how are you? Yeah, Granville in the building. Hello? I am here. It is awesome to hear from you, sweetheart. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Yes, good to hear from you as well, my dear. So, <coughs> uh, you catch me a little bit off, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, you want me to do a couple of pieces for you? How many pieces do you get? You can read two short ones. I could do short ones. I'm going to do this, 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 this two. This one is called Beyond the Grave. The thought of my death is an insult to me. I am above this. This cannot be my fate. It is beneath me. 
I would remonstrate the indignity. Divinity does not become this. Rigor mortis and I should never be acquainted. The rigid fool, I am befuddled. It disturbs me that I should have an end. Mortality, I am above it. The grave cannot contain me. It's a sham, a farce, a transition, a temporary thing, and it shall pass. We are more than this. We are more than this. Thank you, thank you. Awesome, sweetheart. Great job. Love, love that piece. All right. And then you're going to read the second one? Yeah, I'll, I'll do the second one. I'll do the second one. Okay. Uh, this one is called Knowledge. I have loved knowledge all of my life. Followed her. Quoted her. Wooed her. Loved her from a distance, up, close, and personal. Ever the focus of my gaze, I loved or cherished none more. And this morning, as I Awaken and there she lays beside me, my lover. Soundly asleep she lays, and I am comforted. Wisdom stands, God, at my doors. And acknowledges my rising with understanding round and about, ever present the glory of God, my benefactor and strength of my life. The morning favors me. There are no strange bedfellows here. As love is in the ear, we frolic and play under the auspices of the Almighty God Himself. And there be no higher power. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> you just sounded like Elvis. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
Uh, I can and do that. Granville Thank has you. left the building. <laughs> oh. Thank you, my dear. Oh, you, that dear. was awesome, sweetie. Thank you, my dear. Thank you. Thank you. Granville in the house. You can get me on on Insta. Uh, you can f- find me on any downloading media, iTunes, and stuff on it. And I'm not a good. Advocate of myself. And you can find me on, on Facebook, Granville John Hedrington, Instagram the same. And if you want to hire me, you can get up with Nyla and Nyla will, will contact me, follow me on Facebook. And I'll come there and I'll perform for you for one hour and more. If no, girls, he is not talking about showing you his belly button type of performing. No, 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 wiggly dancing. This is talking about poetry. Just so you know. Well, you know, actually, <laughs> you, you know, there's a couple parts to my show because the the second part of my show is called Steamy Night. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I figured we, uh, as soon as I went there that maybe I shouldn't have, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, All right, yeah, so yeah, yeah. maybe he will dance. Okay, just saying. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, oh, yeah, and, and 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 you know something like, like, with my performance, after reggae music, as my in, introduction, and sometimes I go up on the stage when I when I enter, I start to dance, and and the audience could join me. You know, it, you know, look, we're celebrating life, not just poetry, because poetry is life, and you know, and artistry is life, and we got to, you know, we we all, you know, it's it's all in the bag when it comes to poetry. You know, it's all in the bag of poetry. Like life, you know, poetry <laughs> is is a bag full of life. You know, right? It's all exactly. In, yeah, it's a bag full. Of, yeah. All yes, right, Lyla, my, my love. Yeah, Tell nice seeing you. And, you. Oh yeah, you can find me on Facebook, Granville John Hedgewinton, or Insta, and you can uh, email me at. GranvilleHedrington.gh at gmail.com GranvilleHedrington.gh at gmail.com You can just call me 919-264-3926 919-264-3926 You can just call me 919-264-3926 And if I don't answer, leave a message and say who you are Text me And I'll, 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 I like to answer text Call, not so much Good evening, Nyla, and it was great being here. It was great having you here. Thank you so much, my darling. Thank you. Bye-bye, Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 718. Then after 718, we have 832. So 718, you are on the air. Good evening, Nyla. How are you? It's Jim Hart. Hey, Jim. It's really good to hear from you, sweetheart. Ah, it's good to be heard from. How it are you doing? It's been a while. Other than that you need another operation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even that's great. I'm really excited about that. This one isn't a bad one, so this, oh, this one's fixing my hand, and any time that happens, that's good. Yeah. So what's been going on with you? Uh, still writing and... Uh... I'd like to read two from my uh, new poetry collection, A Handful of Smoke. 
great, great title. The first one is, The Door Has No Lock, But She's Already Been Robbed. She bought her house with the tears of a husband and two boys killed in a ball-of-fire car crash. Insurance agreement no lawyer should have accepted. But she no longer had him for guidance and settled for the lawyer paid-off deal of $10,000 cash in hand and lives in the trailer park section of a trailer park town and goes through the motions with several trailer park men every Friday and Saturday trailer park night to keep food on the table, wood on the fire, and southern comfort on the rocks. End piece. Wow. That was absolutely perfect. Thank you. That was incredible. Harsh, brutal, real, tender, forgiving, accusing, pointing fingers, you know, but not in the directions you think they should be pointed. It's just, that was fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Wow. Uh, okay. The second piece is Happy Father's Day. For two years, he drove home every Friday night from Cockeysville, Maryland, to Brooklyn, commuting rather than relocating his family, wife and four boys waiting his arrival, he carrying his week's worth of laundry and the vague hope that not too much had gone wrong with the already old house or his this-close-to-hooligan brood. He could tell, like a crystal ball gypsy, from the position of his wife upon his entry or the over-practiced looks of innocence on his boys' faces, just what kind of weekend he was in for. And on weeks of her just steps inside the door waiting, and the four of them sitting, quiet, motionless, his shoulders would sag, his bag would drop from a weight Atlas could not support, and his face would age measurably, as if he'd left Sunday evening at 49 and returned Friday night at 63. I close my eyes now, thinking back to those Fridays, wondering just how many Father's Days we robbed him of. End peace. Wow. That was absolutely equally as powerful. Thank you. Wow. That was incredible, sweetheart. Well, thank you very much. You are very welcome. You need to tell everyone how to find you, love. Okay, I'm on Facebook, Jim Hart. I also am on uh, jimhartpoet.com on the Internet. I also have that collection, A Handful of Smoke, another poetry collection, Ramblings of a One-Eyed Garbage Man, and a detective novel, novel, A Tom Collins to Go, all available on Amazon. Fantastic, sweetheart. That... That 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 was as it was an absolute pleasure. I have to, I I don't even know the right words to say. 
But that was phenomenal, all of that. Well, that's a right enough word for me. Thank you. <laughs> pick that one. Pick that one. <laughs> Stay with that. Don't, don't go anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, get back here. Uh, Thank you. All right, it was, a, it was a pleasure being on again. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're very welcome. We'll talk night. to you soon, sweetheart. Hey, tell everyone how to find you first. What am I thinking? Uh, okay, I thought I did that. It, uh, I'm on Facebook, Jim Hart. Oh, that's right. I'm also on uh, www.jimhartpoet.com, and my three books are available on Amazon. I'm old. You have to forgive me. I forget things. <laughs> <laughs> so do I, believe me, and, and I'm older. <laughs> uh, thank I you like again, it. Nyla. You're welcome, honey. <laughs> we'll talk to you again soon, sweetheart. Yes. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. All righty. Our next caller comes from area code. That was great to hear from him. I love that guy. I have known him for, I can't even tell you how long I've known him. All right. Next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you are on the air. Good evening, Nyla. Well, Hello. It's Amelia T. Davis calling from Houston, Texas. And 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 get ready for it, you guys. How are you? I am fabulous. Thank Boom. you so much for asking. <laughs> You know, you'd think I would know better by now. <laughs> oh, it is so good to hear from you, honey. Thank you. Uh, so we're doing two pieces? Mm-hmm. As long as they're, they have to be on the shorter side because we've only got, actually, we've only got 40, well, we've got 49 minutes left, and I've okay. still got a pretty good string of callers. So it has to be um, two short ones or one normal one. Okay, well, you know, most of my pieces are short. Um, So since you guys are doing Halloween, I don't celebrate Halloween, but, you know, many years back I bent my pen to do a Halloween piece. So I'll do it for you tonight, and then I have a second piece. It's called Undead Love. He flew into my life dark and mysterious, handsome and strangely seductive. He drew me in with his hypnotic eyes. He would appear and uh, be at my doorway each and every night. He had a great knowledge of history and a love of the arts. As time went on, I noticed he was never hungry. I finally asked, was he on a diet? It was then that he told me his secret. He was born in another country in 1805. I was in utter disbelief. He looked to be no more than 50 years old. He told me he was one of the undead. He was a vampire, that he drank human blood and slept during the day in a coffin. I was horrified and scared, yet somehow he soothed me with his voice and dark eyes. I saw an undying love in those eyes. After that night, he would explain his life death story to me. 
I was fascinated by all that he had lived through. I felt so sad that he had loved and lost so many times. I found myself falling in love with him, yet I knew I could never join the ranks of the undead. Late one night, he asked me to be his for all time. I told him I loved him, but could never join his life as a vampire. That afternoon, he climbed out of his coffin and walked out into the sunshine, feeling the sun for the first time in over 200 years. He caught fire and became ashes on the street, never to rise again. Halloween thoughts of Amelia T. Davis and peace. Dang. (laughs) I ain't dating you. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, how could I let the vampire live? I mean, really, you know, but anyway. All right, so this is a new piece. It's called Pen Explosion. King's excellent wordplay has my mental in a swirl. Drinking from his inkwell has me intoxicated. Sliding my lips upon his strong and mighty pen as his pen drips, I lick up every drop. I deep throat every noun, verb, and adjective. His words coursing through my veins like heroin. Metaphors and similes are our foreplay. As his pen slides into my consciousness, I slip into a euphoria of his droplets. His caramel pen penetrating my imagination, conducting a vortex of his stimulation. His elixir of ink cascades through my nervous system with an electricity of desire. His quill pumping hard and fast upon the notebook of my intelligence. You see... It's spiritual. God spoke the world into existence. Words are powerful, and his are unadulterated fire. In turn, my pen is set on fire, dripping nectar upon the pages, flying through space and time where love reigns supreme. Wandering through the universe with my mind's eye brings the fire of the ancients upon the papayas. My wisdom exposed to all as I drip nectar. Trees absorbing the intelligence. Untamable passion dripping on the pages. He devours, consumes, delights. His queen united in rhyme. Our souls intertwine in a dance of the verbal. Ink rivers flowing into the cosmic brings a supernova of a literary kind. Fire to fire brings atoms bursting, embers falling like rain upon the consciousness. Two pens explosion. Musing of Amelia T. Davis and peace. I know what you were doing there. <laughs> just, just so you know, you didn't pull anything over the wool over my eyes. I saw what you did there. <laughs> just, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> oh, uh, he graced your stage last week, but I won't uh, reveal who that might have been. Oh, see, that's just not cool. 
Because there was four, what, five, six people came to your show last week or so. <laughs> but anyway, you can find me on Amelia T. Davis on Facebook. I have a like page. You can Google me, Amelia T. Davis. You can find me in my poetry group, Poets for the Power of the People, or you can find me right here every Thursday night with Nyla. <laughs> Awesome job, sweetheart. Appreciate you so much. I love you. Blessings. Go sit on the couch now. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you soon, hon. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 585 followed by 510. 585, you're on the air. Hello, this is Sean. How are you? I'm doing great, Sean. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing, uh, doing fantastic. Uh, all right. Uh, this one is called Reality. Okay. They tell me that I am not in touch with reality. Sean. You are not in touch with the practical ways of life and money that makes the world go around. Then I say to them that sure, green grass is around the earth and is measured. Also, there is current surely in the seas for sure. I would have to be a fool to not know that to be truthful. I can tell people... Hey, do you even see all of the colors from your regular eyes of the UV spectrum, seriously? They say, of course not, Sean. Well, then how do you know what's practical in reality? Or better yet, possible. It's strange to me how we get so stuck on what is known to not relish what is the unknown or what we think is the unknown. It always can come to you by accepting without labeling when meditating. I'm a portal of what is out there and a channel. See, that's me and my reality of what I make for me. Are you capable of totally leaving your body and then entering back into your body, or is that something that doesn't even matter to you because you're so focused on only being just a simple man or a woman in physicality, not even caring about what is even bigger than you even remotely. It's all just so weird to me, feeling so alien or foreign to me, quite honestly. What really even is practical or supposed to be pro- what really is even supposed to be practical what's practical is not practical to at all for another or many other peoples truthfully so what really is being in touch with reality they tell me that i am diagnosed with asperger's syndrome long qt heart syndrome and pervasive developmental disorder if i even knew what all of these meant I would care more about them, for I am more interested in being cured than being treated with only my symptoms. It seems just dealing with symptoms has made me into the way that I am currently, 
and then, and I have been probably for too many lifetimes and vessels before this Sean Kevin Lebel body. Whoa. So you want me to be this way again for the rest of this life? Really? Is that a safer, more practical way of dealing with this reality? Hmm, maybe. And when I'm speaking of you in this writing, it's the audience who speaks to me from their programming, their conditioned ways of living in subconscious ways. Yeah, it could even it could even be parents or sisters. Yes, that too. Though so what? For they are told to just merely deal with reality as something that should just be accepted as is, because that's just the way it is. Logical fallacy. See, they are told this by the government, TV, and all kinds of nonsense messages for the so-called real world, daily. A rant this can be? Yeah, possibly. But I don't accept the current reality, which which is why I have such a hard time dealing with it. And with what is in the light of its darkness, really. Just it wows me. And with all of its issues, criminality and lying wars, it is so strange to me. The rap artist by the rear, the name Erie Canal even told me that's reality, or is it? No, no, I want to. No, no, I want to change it all. I tell them at the doctor's office, and they respond as long as that is FDA approved. Funny that nature has to be approved to be accepted and not nearly as embraced in such a confusing time of life and to live in it as supposed to be, as it is supposed to be though it's supposed to be simple to understand if i want to be simple i will not question it then what's the meaning of reality anyways i'll tell you the the best thing to do is to listen to yourself or that meditative silence where I can get way more sense from that space than any other space. Compassion, relatability to others on how we are similar, more similar and more adaptable to circumstances than anything the mind tells me. Listening is surely a part of it since I can be here, here and hear you without ears too. Sound goes in through the whole body what's reality reality is what i create it to be reality and poem. you know i love the way that you really make life look at itself you know you 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 call it out and and set things straight and you know, make us face things. Um, I, don't know if, I know I'm not saying it correctly, but you know what I mean. You know, you you make us accountable through your writing, and uh, almost almost in. And this is going to sound really silly, but because you don't write in a Shakespearean manner, but also all, all, almost with a Shakespearean tongue and cheek sense of clarity. You know, Shakespeare was really good at calling life out on its bullshit and laughing at its hypocrisy. You know, especially if you look at, um, like, The Tempest, you know, the way he talks, you know, the the different lessons in there, the different stereotypes he uses, um, you know, how we treat people with deformities or who are different than us and how we 
justify that, um, you know, not affording people their humanity. They have to be just like us. Um, but you do that in your writing a lot. You really hold us accountable to our bullshit. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like it's part of like what I try to to do. I I like um I'm speaking from being like an observer of mm-hmm. it. Like like I'm 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 almost the audience too. And I'm just yeah. looking at myself, but then I'm looking at other people too. So that's like how I'm, I feel like I'm, like that's why I said like you, the audience, you know, because I'm just like trying to make it like I'm talking to a lot of people, and then they 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 go back, they oh okay, I understand. It's like part mm-hmm. of the lesson that that I'm dealing with too. So it's not like it's not just you know. That's that's all, yeah. So that that, that I mean, the Shakespeare thing was without. Yeah, that's exactly like what I'm trying. To, it's similar to what I'm trying to do. What I try to do a lot of times. At least I think so. so yeah. Well, fantastic job accomplishing that. Yeah. Thanks. Um, You're very you, welcome. You can find me on uh, Facebook, Sean Liebel. Um, scribs dot com slash sk uh, l two thousand twelve soundcloud. Uh, I am the solution at soundcloud. Uh, the purity of flow dot wordpress dot com and uh, that's about it. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, absolutely fantastic job. Appreciate you being here, making time to be here, and we will talk to you next week, correct? Yep. Have have a good night. (laughs) You too, hon. We'll talk to you soon. All right. So our next caller comes from area code 510. 510, you're on the air. Hi, hi. I was wondering if you were going to get in tonight. I snuck. (laughs) In other words, I am a sneaker. A sneaker. Like a sneaker wave at the ocean. Don't burn me up. (laughs) I heard about that. Yes, I heard about that. I have two poems, and I want to get into them as quickly as possible. The first one is Commuting Chance. Single, I got on first, farthest away from where I have to go. Further along, she gets on, but this morning she sits down next to me. On other days, she reads the news, but today she jots Phrases in blue at which I glance unseen and make out that they are poetry. You can tell that I'm in love because I'm looking at her shoes instead of looking at my own. Today I'll nod, hello, 
and tried to smile her unmarried way, but then I have enough time because we both commute to whisper hello right now, today, in poem. Wow. Phenomenal, sweetheart. Well, I don't know about that. It still has to be rewritten again, so um, too many words in it. And then the next (laughs) one is um, untitled, and it goes, Hide and seek, hide and seek, hide my eyes, then I peek, hide and cheat. Hide and cheat. I am president. Lie, bleep, bleep. In bone. <laughs> I hope that doesn't sit a president. I love it. It can do whatever it wants to do. Yeah, yeah. Put in a couple words about we have an election coming up, and I'm afraid of what I'm going to say is going to hurt some people. We have a murderer in the White House. He has refused to do what is necessary to do to save lives in climate change because it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And the only people who will be able to exist will be billionaires who can make air out of nothing because they've paid for inventions that make air out of nothing. Please vote. If you don't agree with me, vote against what I've said. If you agree with me, maybe ask a neighbor to come along with you to vote. Thank you, and uh, blessings on you, Miss Nina. Good night. Thank you, sweetheart. Great job tonight. Great message. Appreciate you. Really appreciate you. All right. Next caller comes from area code. Two zero two two zero two. You're on the air, and we've got 29 minutes left, and have quite a few callers to get to. So we're going to be going to a one poem limit. You guys, sorry. All right, two zero two. You are on the air. Hey, how are you? Absolutely wonderful, sweetheart. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, It is great to hear from you. Wonderful. Um, I have a collab tonight. It's me, Desire, that's myself, and Gina Stone with me tonight. Oh, very cool. Okay. So, if you're ready. Please. Okay. I don't know if I did this piece already, but here you go. Bitch, you tried it. Yeah, you tried it. I opened the door to what you wanted, and you liked it, and we got it on. But then you got me wrong. I insist on being private. 
but the game don't change, just the people, and that you played it, and I let you. But certain things you just can't get away with, and bitch, you tried it. I let you view to what a freak really do, showed you the persona that you speak to. You watched, hoping it one day be you, and you saw the toys and the skulls and the candles and the ambiance. You saw me getting what I wanted, and you wanted it too. Like you wanted it. I get it like you like it. So you tried it, bitch. Yes, yes, yes. You tried it. You got real close too. Started started to use my slang, and you know I really did my thing, my walk, my thing music, the pink pants and hips running like da 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 da. The pink pants and that's my shit. So if you need to ask the question of how, then I give you the answer. No question. You stressing on how sexy I am. It's, it was the, okay, it was when I did it, I was just so damn sexy. The bottom line is, you can't be me, so why try? But then again, bitch, you tried it. <laughs> The worst thing in life is a friend of me. I found that out the hardest way. I was walking the daycare children in my church down the street from my house to yours one day. You and your mom noticed us through the window and stopped to say, what a beautiful array. Children of different ages from every walk of life. I had a mini United Nations holding hands and smiling that day when you asked if I had space for your three children, two all day and one before and after school. I accepted them even though my daycare was nearly full. I had no idea that we were going to strike up a friendship right away. You were quiet and introverted. I was loud and outspoken. They say that opposites attract. I guess that's the same in friendship, too. Every day after the kids were awake for the night, gone to bed, and my daughter as well. We stay up reading books, talking about life, watching movies, drinking wine, getting to know each other. Because you were a former wife, and I was still one. We had small children, so much fun. You liked so many things about me, and I said the same about you. You said to me one day, I envy what you have. I had no idea and had to laugh. I didn't realize the thing that you were speaking of was my marriage. (laughs) It's funny that way. We don't pay attention to the details until it comes into play. So as I was walking that group of children back and forth to pick up your daughter from the bus one day, she missed the step and fell into a mud puddle and ruined her clothes. I sent her home and had my assistant give her a bath. I let myself into your home with my set of keys. And to my dismay, I found out that you were having your way. You were having a nooner with my husband. So the thing that you coveted most that was mine was my husband all the time. 
You are my friend. You are my friend to me. And the surprise was then mine. She's desire, and I'm Gina Storm. Sometimes you have to know who your friends are. In peace. Hmm. You know, I'm I'm kind of sitting there saying, how am I going to respond to this? Because I think a lesson all women learn is you never brag about your man. I don't think a woman should cut her man down. I think some women go the opposite, go too far on the opposite side. But you never, you never brag about your man. <laughs> right, right. It was one of those things always, that, like, there is always going to be that me. person there. It was so funny that I was so secure in my marriage that I would allow this woman. She had, you know, little things that she needed to have fixed around her home. And I would say, baby, go fix her dryer. You know, go take a look at her car. You know, she's having trouble with her furnace. And he goes down there. Even my daughter would go with him and play with her kids while he was fixing so-and-so. So he had established a friendship with her as well. And I didn't realize how close that they had become. And I'm sure Desire could tell you the same thing with that friend of hers who got so close that was trying to destroy her marriage. You know, actually, that woman ended up becoming my my husband, and I divorced, and she became his second wife. They're now divorced, but, you know, that's not the point. The point is this. I thought she was my friend. Yeah, yeah. You you never talk about your man. So, you know, we all have we all have a story like that, you know, where it's just and that to me, that's just the ultimate betrayal. It really is. Absolutely the ultimate betrayal. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, we want to thank you for allowing us um, to share your mic tonight. We waited patiently in line. We love the show and we look forward (laughs) to coming back next week. Thank you so much, sweetheart. I am so glad you guys were here. Go ahead and take turns and tell everyone how we can find you, please. I can make one. Um, you can find all of them. Uh, you can find Gina Storm on her homepage. Um, Gina Storm, well, you just search on Facebook, you'll find her. She's everywhere. <laughs> uh, you can find Desire. Um, um, through Sky Vision Network, um, on her show on Friday night, the um, um, Desires Jew Joint is coming on at 11 o'clock p.m. on the Late Night Poetry. That's Eastern. Um, we'll leave a, um, a flyer in your event page so people can find it. And uh, we all are Sky Vision Network, and uh, we appreciate the opportunity. Perfect. And we appreciate you guys being a part of our family. Thank you. I'm really glad when you guys were able to be here. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, you guys. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye bye. All right. So, our next caller. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, no. Where'd I go? Where'd I go? Oh, I hung up. Oh, no. Our next caller comes from area code. I believe this is a new Skype caller. New Skype caller or whatever you if you heard on mute, that's you. New Skype caller? I don't know how new I am. Hey. Hi, Constantine. Hi. How are you? You didn't even have to have two mm-hmm. syllables out of your mouth, and I knew who you were. Uh, how's that exactly? I don't know. Hmm. I, I can't imagine it either. 
Well, it's better to. Be, I guess it's better to be known as long as, long as I'm not infamous. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I want to uh, be infamous. Hoover. Everyone says like it's a well, bad be, thing. I want to be, be infamous. infamous. You know, I plan on living life so horribly that by the time I slide into those pearly gates, who, whichever God it is that's standing there waiting for me, isn't going to let me inside because we're going to have such a good time talking about stories on the stoop. Oh really? Well, you know, yeah. I've, you know, I, I've, I've still, I've still Chrissy Cruz with me, and that, uh, you know, that my ultimate goal is a. She asked me the other day what my ultimate goal is a poet. It's such, I, my ultimate goal as a poet is to do with something that I've never heard anybody else do. I want to read a poem that is so bad that I can get you to say something bad about something I wrote. Anyway, it's it's a pipe dream, I know, but. <laughs> It's like that's the worst piece of garbage I've ever heard in my life. You know, it's just like <laughs> I don't know if it can be done, but you know, someday I I will take up that gauntlet, but I will warn you first. So that's okay. So, anyway, <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll get quick because I know you said other people were wearing um this uh, there's a piece that I, that I wrote uh, for for Christy here. And who's sitting here with me? And uh, she can't hear you though, so I'm on the microphone. I have headphones, but anyway, um, she helped me find myself, helped me get back on my feet again, and she's been with me in some hard times. And I just wouldn't be here with fun for her. So anyway, hey, this is you, Chris, if I may, or say no. Well, anyway, it's called Sweet Warden. Three down. Sweet Warden, lady of mine eternities, fair muse owner of I joy to me, so have to hold to be. In smooth self I rid my soul of the dark things that have gone, for I have nothing to hide. And her I abide that strong power of love and bounce up doth my soul bleed under a foul deed, but softness from her can never uh, not avail, so she shall never fail to so to use the working and always be busy and not lurking for into thee that floats along as if you're were notes as your toes touch the ground as a song for a lady whose repose is in waiting for me that carnal embrace with desire of marriage to be in the honesty of their shares and I trump their praises of her no errant shall any of the be for whose thou now I with for I live courting her, loving her, serving her, honest with the love for her. And so love she me from the east, loves me to be held warm in the direction bound to a destination, but will not lead to separation. So as far as far it is, and there from here she is, to where west is, Love that is the newcomer that comes to me today is that familiar friend that I knew tomorrow 
and deck them far, far many days. Never lose the energy at how many times she's lived in my soul. Current is as far as I can tell, for I love her deeper than this deepest heart fell. With this picture drawn, do not show the true story that is born, for it is of the heart that only love can truly tell. And of her, I am never apart. Yeah. Wow. So is that the first time she's heard it? Is that the first time you've heard that? Mm-hmm. Uh, she's crying. I guess she didn't like it. I'm sorry. Or, or it, yeah. Well, anyway, I don't know. Maybe she does like it. I never, I never presume to, I never presume to, to absolutely say, yeah, that's how she's feeling. Uh, you know, you, 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 you yeah, learn. God. God. <laughs> well, anyway, no, I, I thank you for letting me come in, and I don't want to hog any of your time, but I just thought that, <laughs> you know, I, I don't always do scary stuff or corny stuff or western stuff. Sometimes I try to be romantic too so well you are the mithril weaver <laughs> well I do what I can alright well, I can I can uh, imagine very well that she is crying that is a beautiful piece and some beautiful and honest sentiment there and some genuine thought into the words and and uh, I'm I'm that she is very humbled to have something written so sweetly about her and well deserved you know very well deserved by her so thank you thank you for sharing that thank you for her letting you read that and share that with us and just fantastic job you guys thank you very much you have a good night you know and you can hate tell me how to find you hon <laughs> I'm just kidding uh, it's I know M-I-T-A. That poem really R-I-L-T-A. sucks by the way E-A. You know better than that E-R. Oh yeah <laughs> Well thank you See I did it Hey she said something bad about my poem Chris It's a miracle You know it was a lie I, I, can, I, can, I can finally retire I, I My job <laughs> as a poet is done Hey <laughs> So and I all had you people somebody out call in and like read a poetry, poem one time fault that I'm quitting so I had a guy call in and read a poem one time, and I told him that if he ever called back into my show again, that I would rip his head off and shit down his neck. That is a true story. So I have been mean on the show before. Anyone that's still around that remembers that. Yeah. Um, he called and was a real, uh, oh, I was, oh, I was mad. I can't even tell you how mad I was. I seem to remember that, but uh, maybe not. I'm not sure. Years ago. It was like so, maybe uh, 10, 12 years ago. Not 12 years. We've only been here for 12 years. But it's been, it been about, you know, it was like in the first couple of years of the show that that happened. Oh, yeah, I'll never forget that. Many, many I know, right? <laughs> well, it's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, check me out at uh, ReverbNation.com. It's M-I-T-H-R-I-L-W-E-A-V-E-R. Constantine the Methril Weaver. It's spelled with a K if you really are. Uh, 
don't like my stuff or you just like stalking people who you think have a good voice either way it's it's fine i'm not going to know one way or the other so (laughs) do what you do and i'll do what i do and uh hey it's your life live it like you want to live this is just don't get arrested (laughs) 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 all right well anyway thank you y'all have a good night you too hon we'll talk to you guys later yeah, from Texas. I I don't know if there's more than one over there. Just we say y'all, you know, just be safe, you know, because I'd say I would say you guys, but that's not politically correct, you know. Either that, or if Nala's a guy, there's something seriously wrong with her her larynx. That's that's all I have to say. <laughs> use all. Bye bye. Use us. Use all. Use all. If y'all, if use all, something like that. All right. All right <laughs> more, Thank you. More Great so job. far away from the city, the sun sets in between. That's it. All right. I'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> bye. All right. <laughs> Bye, sweetie. <laughs> that was Constantine Mithril Weaver, you guys. Our next caller comes from area code 704. So we have, let me see, um, we've got 704, then we have 701, then 719. We've got 11 minutes left. I'm going to try to get you all on. 704, are you with me? Hey, yes. Uh, 704, Nathan Antoine. Hey, how are you, sweetie? It's been a bit. Yeah, it's been a while. I've just uh, been busy with work, uh, but I'm trying to kind of get back into the swing of things. I've missed your show. It's been a good show tonight. There's always a place for you set at the table, so welcome home. Glad you're here. Thank you. So I have, uh, I'll give you the option to choose uh, which poem. They're both pretty short poems. You know, I'm kind of a micro-poet. But uh, one is called Another Lifetime, and the other one is called E.T. Phone Home. Which one would you like to hear tonight? Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Um, E.T. Okay. So this one was a little bit different, but I, I tried something a little different, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So it's called E.T. Phone Home. Do you want to live a happy life? If so, then live by three of these. The first rule, never let someone control your cool. Rule number two, grow up, glow up, and never not be you. Rule number three, always take a step back and question, is what they are seeing representing me? If you abide by all three, you're already the best me you could ever be. But if doubt has made a home, spend some time alone, meditating. E.T., phone home. E.T., phone home. E.T., phone home. And peace. I love it. <laughs> then you know me, it's like, oh no, I didn't pick the other one. What does the other one say? What did I miss? <laughs> oh, fantastic job, sweetheart. Thank you. You are very, very welcome. All right, so tell everyone how they can find you. Yes, you can find me on Facebook under Nathan Antoine. You can actually find my poetry page where I post all of my poems under the reach, the letter to, the number you, the reach to you. Very cool. All right, and we will talk to you next week. Hint, hint, hint. Thank you. Most definitely. (laughs) All right, sweetie. (laughs) Bye-bye, hon. All right. Our next caller, guys, comes from area code 701. 701, you are on the air. Hi, Nyla. It's Emily. How are you? Hey, Emily. It, I am really good. It is so Hi. <laughs> it's It's been a rough, it's been a rough couple of months, but I'm back. 
I am so happy. You have no idea. It is so good to hear from you. Oh, good. I'm so glad. It's been. It's. I've been really busy, but um, I'm really excited to to share this piece tonight because I actually was hired to write this piece. So that makes it even all the more cool. Like somebody paid me wow. to do this. It was fascinating. It was great. So it's really exciting. Okay. Um, this one is uh, after the Laramie Project, um, produced by one of our local theaters here in town. So um, I'll just get to it because it's kind of long. So uh, here we go. It's called Vision. Over the years in this theater, seat B, H12, has earned its lumps, its creaks, its creases. And as I scan the program, I read of the show and the actors. I see a single set with movable chairs and... I know from experience, waiting backstage, a hundred familiar characters breathing deeply and, ready or not, the show will go on. I will notice the blinking house lights calling places for the audience. House lights will fade to half, followed by a sound cue, an announcement, and blackness. Lights up, go. I realize that I have been gifted an extra set of eyeglasses. Not glasses that help me read or see the road as I drive in the rain, but glasses that shield my sight. I do not mourn this lack of sight per se. It keeps me sheltered. It keeps me innocent. It keeps me from knowing that the world is against me. Perhaps I have inherited this naivete from my father, who raised me to find the good first, then see the hard as pain, as struggle, because even the gorilla in the neighborhood had clown-like shoes, and I could smile at that thought. My breath catches as I witness the fence on stage. The fence could be used as a metaphor for distance, from truth maybe. In this case, though, the fence is not hyperbole or metaphor or simile. This fence is death. Because 20 years ago, the fence held a young man, 21, beaten, left for dead, murdered because he lived his true self i wonder if this true self was too foreign to others not because they were born with that way but because as hammerstein famously penned you've got to be carefully taught when i return home after the curtain drops my head drops forward i am forcing the rose-colored glasses off the bridge of my nose we could have been so healthy Instead, we are choosing fear, migraines, anger, and ulcers, any style of hurt to remind us we are still alive. Why must we not see the fly rehydrating from the dew of the banana leaf or the notebook's overwritten pages complete with folded corners or post-it note-ridden textbooks? Sarah ate all her peas tonight, and the car started. My pillows have cases on them. Water is dripping into the cat dish, and you can still smell grandma on that afghan 18 years later. Maybe we see what we want to see. There are pluses and minuses to this strategy. Oh, by the way, what tint is embedded in the lenses you wear? Do you see the leaves or the weeds, petals, thorns? How low do you wear your ball cap? A darkened, molded plastic protects your single set of eyes. Open them. Blink once or twice. Give your sight time to adjust. What will you see today? Shrubs or aphids? Pinto or manure? Infant or sin? 
I grew up seeing shrubs and all things green. Perhaps this innocence is choosing a paler color for today's tinted trifocals. When I walk outside with my daughter, I see the doting grandparents eager to converse with her stuffed puppy dog and help her giggle at fart noises. When I walk outside with my son, eight inches taller than I, visually 24, socially 16, he is now an adult, and I know his muted, solitary stroll across the mall may evoke alarm. Perhaps we see what we want, or do we see that which makes our breath stop? How strong is that animal part of our brain? My chiropractor adjusts the stress from my neck and shoulders. Bones realign, air pockets pop, crunch, and I grunt from the good pain, the relief. Oh, I am so heavy, fresh out of the ocean, full of sand and salt. I pry the rose-colored glasses from the bridge of my nose and place them in my pocket this time. Some evils share a red deeper than roses, These molecules, unstrained, pass through. I remember my first set of rose-colored glasses. I was 10. All of us, my sister, myself, mom, and dad, drove to dad's office 40 miles away. We met a portly fellow outside the building. He wore a tattered white T-shirt, oversized jeans and sneakers, a resident of the state hospital near downtown St. Louis. I squeezed daddy's hand. It's okay, Muffy, he would say. These folks aren't dangerous. They are just sick. Will I get a fever? asked my sister. Nobody. Their illness is in the brain. They are not contagious. Our lenses are not all filtering, fully sifting or opaque. They help us notice at times how different is not always dangerous. Just when we hide behind those glasses... When we remove them from our coat pockets and don them on a cloudy day, when they become part of our daily costume, moment by moment, inch by inch, molecule by molecule, our lenses become less transparent. They filter, they filter deeper shades until all we see is black or white, left or right, all or nothing. And as I reflect and refract from this representation of feeling in fact, my head falls to my lap. My hands cover a muted scream, and I realize 20 years after Laramie, after Matt, not much has changed. Except now, our stage whispers carry further, carry longer, hold more clout and attention. And our staged personas will morph into full characters with faces and names and facts and fury. So we will stand, sighted, and sing end poem wow hey that was incredible thank you it was a hard one for you to read wasn't it it was really hard um because it's it's so real and so raw and just so honest um and every time i perform this it i see the stage and i see that and damn 20 years not much has changed and in fact it feels like we're going backwards and we yeah, can't let does. that happen yeah it does <laughs> yeah that's scary huh brilliantly yeah. written piece do me a favor tell everyone how to find you honey find me on Facebook Emily V. Wick writer 
Um, and find me on my website, emilyvweg.com, E-M-I-L-Y-V-I-E-W-E-G.com. That's where you find me. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Great job. Appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you, and I will talk to you next time. <laughs> All right, hon. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. All right, I cannot believe we actually finished on time tonight. I want to thank you all for being here. I appreciate you, both callers and listeners alike. I do have just want to check with area code seven one nine because uh, I can still unmute for a couple seconds. Uh, seven or excuse me, four one nine, four one nine. If you want to read on the air, please press one, so I know it's okay to bring you on. That's four one nine. If you want to come on and read, just checking with you. If you're here listening, thank you. Four one nine, four one nine. Four one nine. Is that Melvin? I'm checking. Melvin. Yes. Are you, you reading tonight? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You didn't press one, but yeah, I yeah. grabbed you anyway because I don't. I break my own rules. I knew that was you because I saw you yeah. in the chat room. So if I, you were here just listening yeah, too what, late, you got to read. Okay. I don't know what's wrong with my phone because I I pressed one like seven times already. Oh, well, you don't just press okay. it one because sometimes it'll take you out. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. This this is a, a poem. I'm working on on a new book entitled Silent Whispers. Mhm. Uh, and this is a poem from that book uh, book that I'm working on. It's called The First Time Our, Our Eyes Met. I remember the first time our eyes met. Galactic star beams penetrating into the essence of me. Your smile was warm and soft, like melting chocolate, running through me where my blood once flowed. My heart began to skip beats, like notes missing from a love song with no words. The room became a kaleidoscope of ever-changing colors as I tried to find the words to ask you your name. We started out with small talk as you began your walk into my head guided me to places where only angels tread. Now you've become the whole of me, the very soul of me. And just in case you don't know it yet, I've loved you the very first time, since the very first time that our eyes met. In poem. Wow. That was beautiful. See, I'm so glad I brought you on, Melvin. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> Do me a favor, my darling sweetheart. Tell everyone how they can find you. You can find me on Facebook under Melvin Douglas Johnson. <clears throat> and I'm on YouTube uh, under Mel Jamar 3. That's M-E-L-J-E-A-M-E-L-J-E-A-M-A-R 3. Very cool. All right, Melvin, great job. Thanks for calling in. And if you call in... I'm just going to start picking up the number or message me on it through the chat room or something like that and let me know because then because okay. what would I would have been very sad if I had not brought you on tonight. I would too. <laughs> All right. It was great to hear from you. Thank you, baby. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Okay, everyone. You've been listening to Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's been a fantastic night. I'm going to close the show with a piece by Savannah Brown called Skinny Girls Bleed Flowers, and we will talk to you next week. Appreciate you. Thank you. Good night, everyone. These are not monsters. There are no monsters here. These feel like love. 
and when they creep inside you, it's like something once missing is finally coming home. How could a monster make such pretty girls? Pretty girls, pretty skinny girls, they look like everything that is wonderful about being alive, like vodka diet cokes, and pictures of hip bones at the beach, and all I've eaten for the past three days is my own fingernails, and these monsters, not monsters, can make you pretty too. You'll learn to make jokes about why you're slicing the five strawberries you brought for lunch and breakfast and dinner into twenty-five pieces, lifting the morsels from perfectly folded napkin with delicate, crackling fingers to hesitant tongue. And when the jokes get too cumbersome and taste too much like nourishment, like letting go, like happiness, learn to put an end to lunch. Forget what it means, and by the end of your last year of high school, you'll know every spot in the building where no one will ask where your friends are and why you look so tired. The monsters, not monsters, will share their secrets. You'll learn that needle-thin bones, when crushed into a fine paste and stirred into the twenty glasses of water you were going to drink today, taste like lemonade. And you can have a sip for only the cost of the rest of your life spent worshipping the feeling of hollow, searching up number and number and dead girl and number, you too can spend the rest of the day smelling of what you just had to scrub off the bathroom floor. Go, they'll say, outstretching manicured hands, bottle cap wrists, memorize menus, and all the lies you can tell, spend hours at the grocery store counting. Fifty, one hundred, two hundred, no more than three, or else suddenly your thighs begin to inflate like the balloons from all the birthday parties you couldn't go to. You will learn to avoid celebration, because celebration means food. You will spend Christmas Day fantasizing about burying your dissolving teeth into your knuckles until your heart stops. The not monsters will feed you your first cigarette and your second, and your tenth. They will leave your once shiny hair in a clump on your pillowcase just for you. And when your body gets too weak, it starts to crumble. But where sick breaks skin, sunflowers will grow. An entire garden will force itself from your empty stomach, billowing out your mouth and you'll choke, but you'll be happy because at least you're not eating. You'll decompose until you cannot be differentiated from all the skeletons that have been living in your closet. Don't you wish you could shrink? Don't you wish you could have that control? Don't you wish you could make your mom cry because she just doesn't get why you do this? You don't get why you do this. You're smart, but you just Googled how many calories are in toothpaste. The pretty girls. Pretty girls, pretty skinny girls, pretty dying girls, pretty dead girls. The parasite can be restrained but not destroyed. But no matter, it is a beautiful thing to be made of porcelain. The picture of your hip bones at the beach was worth it.
Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.